Welcome to the Sonic Cloth, everyone. I've got a treat for you on this here episode number 21. Uh, we've got our very first band-centered, uh, discography-centered uh, rabbit hole here. So those floodgates have kind of been opened, and I think I've been kind of trying to avoid doing like the single artist rabbit hole for a while now, but um, just kind of the way stuff went down last few months, um, I was left with no choice in the matter. And to help me in this endeavor, um, I'm really honored to have on one of my favorite work in rock and roll musicians. We've got the illustrious Damien Master on the show. How you doing, man? Good, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks for asking me and uh, being very accommodating and and great so far. So I appreciate it. I'm looking. For, I've been looking forward to this all week. It's been awesome. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for coming through today. I mean, I definitely appreciate your time and energy and kind of helping me out with this because I think it's a little bit of like a heavy lift for one person, you know? Yeah, for sure. Hey, anytime, anytime I get to talk about other people's music is, is good. I like talking about my music a lot too, but I, I do love other people. Oh yeah. We'll get into that too, for sure. But that, that is, Oh yeah. So, gosh, that sounded so bad, but yeah, keep going. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've had other musicians on and, and you know, that's yeah. kind of like the same, a similar sentiment has been expressed. Like it's nice to, to come on and like the format is kind of like what, typical and like what i expect from an interview but i'm not actually really talking about any of my stuff or if my stuff comes up it's just yeah kind of just because we're talking about music as a whole you know and it's it's, it's yeah a, it's yeah i guess that's what it meant was like natural it's, detour it's like high it's not a high pressure thing to like okay i have to talk about have to sell my product you know which nah. is always which is always a bummer but it but then of course planes being such an important band to me i mean there's a reason that i'm here and i jumped all over the opportunities that like planes is like intrinsically tied into what i do yeah 100 yeah yeah um and and you know like just just a little bit of context for for folks like towards the end of of last year i think it was in november or december um you know garrett o'donnell the primary songwriter for you know planes mistaken for stars this absolutely excellent band you know tragically passed after um a fight with uh, esophageal cancer. So, you know, I, I remember seeing tributes pouring in kind of on like, you know, punk and hardcore Twitter. And I saw your tweet about how, how essential essentially planes is to use an artist and as a fan, um, particularly yeah. Garrett's songwriting and his vocals and lyrics. And I'll, I'll definitely let yeah. you speak, speak more to that. But um, I think it just dawned on me as someone who's been into, like I've been into planes since I was like 18 and someone who is uh you know, I'm, I'm also someone who's always eager to check out what you're releasing and, and, and appreciating, appreciating your evolution as an artist. Um, and I that, think it dawned you. on me that there's this like shared spirit and energy between the two. Yeah, thank you. How old are you, by the way? May I ask? 38. So 38. Okay, I'm 36. So or okay. nearly 36. So we're roughly in the same same age group. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, that that kind of. I just was curious, like when you started hearing planes and when planes. So yeah, we were roughly the same age when yeah, planes came into our life. Yeah, it was the Deep Elm days when when, when I started with them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I had heard them at that time. Uh, like I'd heard the first ten inch, and it was fine. It was cool. Like I liked it. Um, but that what they just what they became 
was unreal. Yeah. And just completely, they just devastated me. And like, I, I think Jared um, died around Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have a friend, he, I didn't know him. I didn't know him beyond like dapping him up at a couple shows. Mm-hmm. Um, always a tremendous guy. There's a couple stories there, but uh, he's a, a friend of a friend. And so I had gotten a text from my buddy saying that like, it's not looking good, you know, just, just so you know, like keep it under your hat, but just so you know, things aren't looking good. Cause I would uh, periodically text him like, Hey, like how's Jared doing? You know, yeah, what's going on? We haven't heard any news or whatever. And then I got the text. Yeah. I was like, Hey, things aren't looking good. And, uh, then I got a text like, yeah, man, he went, it's not, it's not public yet. But he's like, I thought you should know. And I was just, I, I didn't, I didn't think, uh, it's always corny to me when people are like, oh, like this musician that I didn't know died. And I'm like devastated by it. I was like, this is a, a man doesn't know you exist. Like, <laughs> why do you care? And, uh, and then Jared from Plains died. And I was like, oh no, I feel that way now. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like totally devastated. And, um, I had to cook Thanksgiving dinner you know the day that that you know his death was announced and so thanksgiving last year i was in the kitchen you know by myself cooking like a six or eight course meal <laughs> just blasting planes the whole time whole time yeah yeah i mean you got to that that, that was certainly my response was just like Oof, just got to just gotta blast these albums like yeah i'm like roasting brussels sprouts listening to like fuck with fire and then you know just and it was crazy just because like it just it just totally overwhelmed me uh but yeah so i'm i'm glad uh glad we could talk about him yeah for sure and, and kind of before we we get into what it is about planes and, and jared's music that we love um you know i just i just want to say like you know for those who aren't in the know damien is the is the force behind the label colloquial sound recordings um and from what i understand that's a basically like a vehicle for you to kind of independently release like all all the music that you make under mm-hmm. a bunch of different names yeah. um i think probably a, a pregnant light is the one most people are going to recognize but i don't know yeah that, i'm probably being presumptuous there no that's that's fair There's a ton of releases on on uh, on the label. I mean, you've got over a hundred uh, releases yeah. at this point over what ten years or so. Started in 2011, so yeah, we're coming up on 11 years, I think. So you know, to just encourage everyone out there, Colloquial Sound Recording is probably the the place to go to just kind of like dip your toe in. Yeah, it's it's a little overwhelming because you're just like, and I I get tagged as being like prolific a lot, which I don't think I'm prolific at all. Uh, Everyone else seems to think so, but to me, it's just 
I don't know, like, are you a musician or not? Like, if you're a musician, then you play music and you write music and you put it out. And uh, starting the label was like a joke. Like, not a joke, but the name was absolutely a joke. Like, I wanted the most, it's colloquial sound recordings. <laughs> like, how pretentious is that? But that was the point. It was supposed to be this pretentious, yeah. stupid thing that it ended up being this very serious thing. The music was always serious. Sure. But, um, there's a, and I think there's always been an air of um, dark humor and everything I do that a lot of people don't pick up on. It's, it's by no means goofy. I hate goofiness. I don't like wacky or zany things, and that's why like the internet disgusts me is because you have all these <laughs> bands that are like selling this image of their band being this like serious, heavy thing, and then like on the internet, they're just like posting goofy like cat memes or do you know what I mean? It's like I don't know. Like, I'm a, I like joking around and having a good time, maybe too much sometimes, but. Man, if there's anything I take seriously, it's it's the music and the art. And the art, of course. And I mean, look at the band, look at the band we're we're diving down today. I mean, this is 100%. Like, this is like the example of a band that does not do goofy shit. Correct. Yeah. In in a in an era where goofy shit was, oh, can we swear? Yeah, of course. Was it? Oh, okay, my bad. I just didn't. I never I never know when I do these things. Um. Yeah, it was an era when like goofy stuff was so prevalent, just corny, and they were never corny. No, no. Um, so like you, that that actually leads us uh, to to a good place. Like uh, maybe give us a little bit of a primer on like how you how you discovered planes, um, okay. and, and what was kind of going on with you at the time, both as like a fan of music and maybe if you were dabbling in creating music yourself. Like, what was your first entry point into this band, and how kind of how did you feel about it? So in uh, I was going to you know I was in high school and uh, Deep Elm stuff I I'd, I'd heard that I didn't it didn't I didn't love it to be quite honest I was <clears throat> mentally in another place with that stuff and uh, the scene of kids that I was around were all big like No Idea Records guys and like a couple of the guys from that from our local scene, like ended up being in a band on no idea. Like obviously planes was on no idea. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm trying to remember. I think, I, I think I, I think we, we exchanged something in an email. I think I might've told you that I bought the seven inch first. Did, did spearheading the sin movement come out before fuck with fire or after fuck with fire? I, I think th after I, th I have it as, um, after 2002, um, okay. On no idea, and then I yeah. fuck with fire was two thousand one, I believe. Okay, so so I had heard, you know, we were digging into the no idea bands. Like everyone loved like Hot Water Music. Sure. And, you know, Against Me was huge at the time, and uh, I had heard something off of Fuck with Fire, and probably just in a friend's car or someone put it on, and I was completely blown away by it. I was just like, this is. What this is planes mistaken for stars? <laughs> is this is what they sound like now. Like, what is going on? I was completely blown away. It was just so tough and angry and like muscular. And so I went to the record store, and I think they they probably had it. I know they definitely had it. Um, but I so this this had to have been two thousand two. So two thousand two had to have been when I 
directly got into them mm-hmm. because they had the spearheading <clears throat> the sin movement uh, seven inch, which I think I remember was like two ninety nine. You know, or three, it was three ninety nine. I think that's just like what vinyl cost back then. Now you can't get a seven inch manufactured for three ninety nine. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, and no idea was always doing that. Um, and that was the thing too. Like we would buy seven inches back in the day because they were cheap. You know, now it's like vinyl is such a commodity item, and now it's and vinyl is almost like a luxury. It is a luxury. Oh, totally, it's totally a luxury. Oh yeah, the way it's marketed, the <clears throat> way it's like you know vinyl furniture is sort of like built yeah. in like marketed to people i mean it's supposed to be right. this big expensive part of your house that you like just it's build, cumbersome build up. And yeah. It's, yeah it's cumbersome it's not you know it's stationary you have to like flip the record but anyway like sevens seven inches are my favorite format of all time if i could i would have a label that just released seven inches you think CSR makes no money now? Imagine seven-inch <laughs> only CSR. Like, that would be my dream. But uh, so I bought spearheading the sin movement, and it because the first. Well, we won't get into that now. I think we'll, we're going to go chronologically, but uh, it completely just destroyed me. And I went back to the store, and I bought Fuck with Fire, mm-hmm. and I was on the train every single release. Every single time they came around, I was there. So that's where you got on board, yeah. And I think totally, that's totally. A, that's an important part for this band because, you know, they've got, what, four full lengths and then, you know, seven inches and EPs and, like, yeah. they have a comp of, like, all their collected tracks and stuff that came out a little bit later, but... Yeah, um, the We Ride to Fight comp, yeah. The, the entry point, I think, is really, is really, like, very interesting for this band. Like, I don't know anyone who just, like, started, like, way later, way later with this band and like, worked their way back. Like, almost everyone I know, which I could count on one hand, you know, yeah. how many people I know personally, like, love this band, um, uh, really just, like, started started somewhere in the, in the early days and got to witness some kind of, like, evolution between the albums. Totally, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think they... They sort of have this element of like your favorite band's favorite band. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like I think the people that like planes the most are like people in bands. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could definitely see that being the case for sure. Like, not, not to say that. Like, I mean, are you in bands? Do you play music? Nah, nah. I'm just, okay. I just fuck around, but nah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's not to say ex- exclusively it's like a, a band, bands, band thing, but it seems like. When I meet people who are fanatical about planes, more often than not, they're musicians, like in in popular bands, because I think they they speak to something that most artists are trying to dig out of themselves, mm. and that's that was instantly like what what pulled me in. I was just like, whoa, this this is a great expression. I would love to express myself like this, mm-hmm. not copy it, but just. Yeah. The access, but I don't. I, yeah, the access. Like, yeah, and I and I don't think they were fully formed because I, you know, I I went back and I, you know, and I did work backwards and went and got the. <clears throat> I think I, I got it on CD because I hate ten inches. I, I truly hate ten inches, and so. <laughs> uh, but there's still some great stuff on that first first little mini LP, like Copper and Stars. I love that song. 
Yeah, like the way the way I came into them, um, I was also in high school. I was heavy into like punk, um, but I was kind of all over the place with it. I mean, like I le- you know I loved like the Dead Kennedys, but I also loved like Screeching Weasel <laughs> and like Alkaline sure. Alkaline Trio, and and yeah. you know I was just kind of like all over the map there. Um, but I was yeah. I was kind of starting to get into you know I had a couple friends who were like, oh man, emo. If you listen to emo. Like, you know, Deep yeah. Elm stuff, um, shit like the Get Up Kids. And, and somehow I came across that three-way split with, um, I yep. think it was Appleseed Cass, yep. Race Car Riot, and Planes um, yep. on Deep Elm. And, and the Planes track on there is uh, Stagger, Swallow, Swell. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, that was just so unlike a lot of the stuff that like my friends were kind of showing me and trying to like uh, put me on to. And it was just unlike anything I'd heard up until that point. It was really, really so much more cathartic than like a lot of the stuff that I was into and impassioned. Um, and it just kind of like set, like set me off on like continuing with the band over the years. And, and, and I also had a, had a buddy who's still a good pal of mine who has seen a lot of shows and was going to a lot of shows at like younger age. And I was like, not really seeing shows at that time. And he was just ra- would rave about the time he saw planes, uh, play a basement and he just, I think he described them as like big hairy scary dudes <laughs> for sure yeah. and I just sort of like I don't know he was just like so descriptive and like seeing them he was like kind of like a little bit freaked out by them and I think some of it was because he was just kind of green to shows himself but I don't yeah. know that always struck me like that that right from the beginning I was like implanted in me that like this is a dangerous fucking band like uh, for sure did kinda, you ever see them I I saw them Yes, eventually I saw him on the Prey tour. So okay, that's the only time I ever saw him was um, okay was in a it was in a basement um, out here out, out in Arizona, Great. Um, and it was you know you know they were touring on that album, so they played a lot of that stuff. Um, but it, they, oh, they were so good. What about you? Did yeah. you ever did you ever like what's your live uh, experience with the band? So I should preface this by saying that my memory is notoriously bad, <laughs> which I attribute to years of abusing drugs which i don't do anymore so don't do drugs kids because i can't remember anything anymore i think i just my brain is turned into swiss cheese it's <laughs> so i mean imagine like as much as as many songs as i write sometimes i go back and i'm like whoa what is this I'm like this is amazing i was like i wrote this like, <laughs> what but um so i want to say that i saw planes at least i mean bare minimum at least three or four times mm-hmm. that i can remember um even though they're like one of my favorite bands of all time, uh, things always like because I was wondering, I was like, it's at least three times, but I'm starting to wonder if it was maybe four one of the, one of the times. I don't know, maybe I was drunk or something or whatever. But yeah, I saw them around uh, <clears throat> around that time, 2003 and four, uh, pre pre Mercy, and then saw them a couple of times when Mercy came out, mm-hmm. and then uh, definitely when Prey came out. So, yeah, they were uh, – so to touch on the emo thing, you like emo was always like a really dirty word to me. So I always liked punk and I liked hardcore. And I liked I liked Fugazi and I liked Rites of Spring and I liked Embrace. But it started getting a little too wussy for me, I, which is interesting because I very much like wussy music, you know, like st- that's – these are terms that people, you know, other people apply to it, not me. <laughs> but, you know, I was listening to, at the same time, like listening to a lot of Smiths and Joy Division and New Order. This is in the early, this is like 2001. This is like, now you go to a hardcore show and 
everyone's wearing a Smiths t-shirt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everyone's wearing a Morrissey t-shirt. In 2001 and two, like this was, this was an interesting band to be into and be into punk rock. Um, and I credit like American Nightmare for that too. Mm-hmm. Like I think that they were doing that stuff before. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's like seeing Wes in like a, uh, Sisters of Mercy t-shirt. It was totally unheard of back then. And I don't, it was not accepted and it was not cool. But that was that was truly my path. I, I like that stuff. But emo just seemed so, like, it was just fey and weak and I wanted nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Planes were, was being sold to me as this emo band. And they have a very, like, of the era emo name. Yes, they you know? do. <laughs> Planes mistaken for stars. And, and then it was all there. spelled out, like, what, like, one single uh word you know totally 1999 (laughs) totally 99 2000 and they were i guess the the through line is that they were like they seemed like men like men amongst boys (laughs) totally you know and they i've i've heard stories from my buddy who you know toured with planes of just them being wild men you know, like great stories, not, not my stories to tell, but just sure. stories, especially of like Jared just being like a badass, you know, and everyone in that band just being super cool. And, uh, they just, that was really what, what drew me to them when I heard like fuck with fire and yeah. spearheading was like, Oh, these are, these are men. They're not like little boys writing love songs. They're men writing love songs. <laughs> I think that's what my buddy was like trying to say without, saying it was like i he he's probably you know going to a lot of like shows like cursive and get up kids and stuff yeah. like this and then and then planes is like in somewhere in the same like planetary orbit as these bands or at least it's being yeah. it's being like sold that way sure for whatever reason and then they come on and it's you know like like jared back then was and, and i only know this from watching like old youtube videos i mean he was not ever wearing a shirt he had super long dark hair like super long he looked like yeah i mean he looked like uh like a like kind of like smaller stature um it's a dude from typo negative kind of reminds me right remind me of peter Peter Steele. yeah kind of remind me of that guy or something and for sure yeah and the whole band was just like swinging around and going crazy like as they were playing yeah yeah they had a I'm trying to think if I saw them with their other guitar player because I know that Chuck joined on Up in Them Guts. Uh, but uh, shit, man. Like, yeah, they were just, they were just, he had that long, dark hair and he had that cool chest tattoo. Yeah. That was like just the big, long, I don't know what it is. It would seem very tribal. Mm-hmm. And that is so cool to me because, like, that it reminded me of, like, uh, that girl that Pocahontas was supposed to marry, or the dude that Pocahontas was supposed to marry in the movie, the Disney movie Pocahontas. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, but it's been, it definitely been a minute. <laughs> All right. It's a very bizarre <laughs> reference, and I can't believe I just pulled it out. But, uh, yeah, like that that warrior dude that she was supposed to marry, he had, like, that, like, chest tattoo, and he was, like, a warrior. And I just, like, that was, like, Jared. Like, he had a gnarly, graphic, tribal chest tattoo. That was just this nondescript, like, like lines on his chest. And it was just, that was so cool because it wasn't, I don't know, some dumb, like, sailor imagery that everyone else had tattooed on them or yeah. whatever. He was just like, what is that? It's just giant black lines on his chest. That's tough, dude. Like, that's super hard. Like, I love that. Definitely. Was, everything about them, I was just like, this band rules. 
Definitely. I mean, uh, you know, I was reading like a bunch of, you know, in preparation for this, just a bunch of reviews and interviews. Cause I don't know. I was just always loved the band. I never really cared to like look up what other people had to say about them or like if they had done yeah. interviews or something. It was always just like this deeply personal connection I had with the music. That was it. Mm -hmm. But like in preparation, I wanted to kind of, you know, get, get, gain some more insights about like you know maybe uh some other things about the, about planes and there was yeah. an article that was written actually in the wake of uh, matt's passing in 2017 where the where the writer referred to planes as uh, uh i wrote this a uh, geyser of violence a sloppy mess of sheer passion and i was just like yeah that's like kind of fucking nails it for me to be honest yeah for sure <laughs> um yeah, i mean all there's oh go ahead i'm sorry oh no um i was i was just gonna ask and 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 you know uh feel free to answer us however you want. Like, what is it about uh, Jared as a front man? You think like his vocals and his lyrics, the way he writes, like what, what, what kind of tricks up his sleeves do you appreciate like the most? From a technical standpoint, when I was kind of going back and listening to this stuff, it's something that, that always shocked me that I never really thought about. I, I had thought about it before when I, but I rediscovered it. It was like the, uh, the austerity in his like lyrics like if you ever look at Plains lyrics, there's not that many words. It's kind of shocking. Mm -hmm. Like he, I suffer from the opposite problem. You know, I'll have like two pages of lyrics in a four minute song. He has like a paragraph and yet he, his vocal delivery. I mean, his, we have to say that his vocals are completely unparalleled. There's no one that sounds like him. No, there's no one. And, that's kind of like when you go back and listen to like the first stuff when he's kind of finding his voice, it's like, Oh yeah. Like, yes. Just wait, wait to see what happens to this guy. Um, but yeah, his, his lyrics, his choice, the, the, the way that he was like a tough guy, but he was singing about his feelings and his emotions and, uh, he did it in a tough way. And if, and you said earlier this week that you were like, Oh, I've been listening to APL and planes all week. Mm -hmm. And which you said in an email and I want to say thank you on the air. So I really appreciate that. Cause that's like the highest compliment you can pay someone is like listening to their music more than just once. It's an artist. You put something out and someone goes, yeah, it's great, man. Let's do it one time. And then it's like on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, just that's exactly what I try to do in my tracks is in inject that you can be emotional. You can be singing about your feelings. You can sing about love. You can sing about hate. You can sing about God. You can sing about, fucking you can sing about whatever um if you but you can you got to be tough you got to be a man you know and i mean that may, that may sound crazy it's just me i'm just talking for me this is this is my, my i'm not imposing my thoughts on anyone else i'm not a cop nor do i engage in cop <laughs> behavior literally anyone do whatever the fuck you want i do not care of course yeah um but i saw that in planes as i was just like you, you hear people say, too, that he, he kind of acted like a preacher on stage, too, the way that he kind of commanded the crowd. And I definitely saw that. You know, he had that kind of Baptist preacher swagger to him, for sure. I think that was that's been expressed to me, too, by people who, who've seen the band. And, it's, it's, it, and, and Jared, you know, I think it was often seen as like the center of the band and then you know he he passed tragically recently so we're kind of really really focusing on him here i mean he's the principal yeah. songwriter in the band too but you know yeah. you know this is uh, by all means I mean, the like drummer oh the drummer's crazy crazy I think he's good. with him the whole time yeah 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 i mean we that's what i was going to say like we should mention the the founding lineup for sure like jared matt 
the bassist Aaron. Um, I think he got replaced very quickly though by Jamie, yeah. and then drums Mike Mike Ricketts. Um, you know, and like we were gonna end up talking about Jared, like make no mistake, of course. Yeah. But this was like a full band that made a, a very glorious racket, right? And, yeah, and- I liked their their guitar player Chuck. I always thought when he joined the band, I thought that dude ruled. He was great. Right. And, 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 you know, they couldn't have done what they did without every member that came and went. And then the other thing we should talk sure. about is like, this is a, they're from Peoria, Illinois. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, but not of, really. But not really. That, but I think, I think Jared had family in, in Denver. And, oh, is that and then, and then kind of like the, you know, the band kind of moved there. Or maybe a bunch of the members were already there. And they just kind of got slotted as a Denver band eventually, right? Yeah. I think at a certain point, it's like, it, it's like that with me. It's like, I don't I've been in Michigan for a long time now. So it's like, you're just like a Michigan band. I was like, oh, it's just a place I live, man. <laughs> like, but yeah, they're, they, yeah, it's weird. Cause, uh, yeah, they're a Peoria. I think they're, I think they all moved there. I think they might've all moved. Sort of, I think you're right. Yeah. There was some sort of exodus and they all moved to Denver. Yeah. So. I think these guys were all like, you know, had been buddies for, for a long time when, when they started. Yeah. And they were kids. I mean, they were what, 22, mm-hmm. 21 when they moved. Like, yeah, rules. Yeah. The other thing is, like, I, I found it really interesting to see, like, I, I kind of wanted to see, like, who did they tour with? Who did they play with? Because I didn't, I, I wasn't seeing them back then for whatever reason. Yeah. And the list is crazy. It's like, I, I wrote, oh, yeah. I wrote some of them down. They toured with the Ataris, Cursive, Against Me. I mean, that, that no idea thing makes sense. Dillinger Escape Plan, Hot Water Music, and yep. High on Fire. Yep. And okay. it's like, what does that say about a band that can can do this that can play with all those different they they fit on a high on fire show just as well as they did at a cursive show like they really did and i i remember uh i was living at home at the time when the against me and planes show was going on Mm -hmm. in town because they would play town pretty frequently and uh i told my mom i was like i'm gonna go to the show tonight to which she responded like don't you mean like, can I go to the show tonight? And I was like, well, yeah, like I wasn't being, I wasn't trying to be like, trying to have an attitude or whatever, but I was like, yeah, you know, it's cool. And she was like, well, don't you have a show this weekend? And I was like, yeah. Cause it was like a weeknight or something. I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, why don't you just skip this show? And I, I was, cause you know, you know how kids are, you go to like four shows in a week sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm playing in bands, so I have shows. And I'm playing, too. And then I'm going to a show the next night. I'm going to show the night after. So she was like, you can't – for whatever reason, I don't remember. We ended up getting into a fight, and she was like, you can't go to the show. And I was just like, oh, like no, like this – you don't understand. Like, it's Planes Mistake. You're trying to explain to your mom how much Planes Mistake <laughs> stars mean to you. It's just like, I don't care. You know, she's like, at this point, I, the reason I couldn't go was because I was probably being disrespectful, you know? Yeah. I don't think it was anything bad and just being – being 16 years old, and I used to get accused of uh, getting uh, of treating the house like a hotel all the time. Because I would just like get up in the morning and cut out, and then just like <laughs> show up at midnight and go back to bed. You know, it's like where was I for you know from 8 a.m. to midnight? Nobody knew. It was pre cell phone. You know what I mean? Right. But I, uh, I just got in my car and I went. I was like, "Fuck this," Ooh. you know, and I just went and saw planes. Did you pay for that one? Yeah, I mean, I definitely got in trouble, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, you know, they were just like straddled the lines between like all these different kind of bands and styles. Like, I'm sure they won audiences over like every every place they played. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah, you you'd think, but I, don't. I mean, shit, I don't know. I mean, it could have been, it could have not have gone gone well for them at two at the same time. You know, I would assume it didn't because they were a very popular band. Um, it was it was a select group of people. They were well received in in Grand Rapids for sure. They were very well received. They were worshipped as demigods every time they came through. Really? But, why do you think um, why do you think that is? Just because I don't I don't have a radar on like oh, Grand there's, Rapids there's at all. People people here, although I kind of said bad things about it earlier, maybe on mic or off mic, I don't remember. But <laughs> uh, you know, people here tend to it's there's some extreme pockets of good taste here. And the no idea thing was just well, I think Small Brown Bike was from Lansing. Mm-hmm. And so they were quite popular at the time, if you remember Small Brown Bike. I do, yeah. So it was this local thing, and they would play in town. And, yeah, it was just a it was a solid scene. We had a great record store, Vertigo Music, that uh, I still work there. For, like, 14 years I've worked there. Oh, hell yeah. 13 or 14 years. So, um, yeah, I mean, 2002 is, like, when I think I started working at Vertigo. Is that math right? Two or three? No, it was, it was later, like, four, 2004 or five. But, um yeah, it's just the, having a great store. I think that's the really important thing is, is having a great record store. I can't state that enough. I know that I've worked at a store for that long, and it's a very important part of my life. But kids need to have a place where they can go and be turned on to good music. And that is just completely gone now. It's sad. It really is. I, I was happy to be a part of it. But now, I, you know, nobody comes in, and it's very rare people come in and go, what do you what do you want to hear? Like, what are you listening to? That used to happen all the time. It was the best. Yeah, I know. You'd shove a that. record in someone's hands, or you would be like, you'd get to know people and get to know their tastes, and people would just blind buy stuff. Like, I sold, dog, I'm not kidding. I mean, I sold dozens of Plains records like that. Dozens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were buying direct from No Idea. They were like seven dollars wholesale. We'd retail them for thirteen ninety eight. Yeah, you know, and it's just like I, you know, people are like, what are you into? I was like, I'm in this band Plains, and like. That's how it spreads, you know. And now it's a fucking tweet. You know, yeah. pardon my language. I shouldn't get turned up and start swearing. But, like, yeah, it's like if I open Instagram and it's just like, how dare you, like, have the, like, you're listening to something and your, like, gut instinct is to, like, click the share button on Spotify and then upload it to your Instagram stories so someone can just, you know, quickly brush past it. You know, to get to like hopefully like the hot mirror selfie or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's Look. like or whatever, and it's just it's cool, and you know, and I, I I kind of gotten away from like sharing stuff on social media because it's it's like music is sacred, man, and planes is like that's sacred texts, man. It really is. Like, I sound crazy right now, but they're an important band, and they need to be like you they. They don't deserve an Instagram story. They deserve like grabbing someone by the shoulders and being like, you need to listen to this. Mm-hmm. That's what they deserve. I'm with you hundred percent. Like for that's like, Jared, that's Jared's, that's what Jared's legacy deserves, you know? Totally. Yeah. Like forced listening almost. I, I mean, I feel you on the record store for sure. I actually went to one yet. I was walked into a record store yesterday and it was now that we're talking about this. I mean, the, the, Within like a couple of minutes of just like looking around, the guy was the clerk was like, "What do you listen to these days?" Like, what, what, what yeah. you know? And I thought that was like so awesome, an old school like way of just kind of like starting a conversation. Just ended up talking to the guy for like a long time, yeah. and now like other record stores I go to, I mean, got people. I'm looking like people are flipping through records, 
the music is turned up super loud so no one can talk to each other people flipping through records taking pictures of it and then like leaving the store empty handed it's like what are you just gonna go home and like stream that like it, dude it's, I know this is audio but you you can see me <laughs> my face right now it's, just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gnarly dude or like you'll get some girls in there like some uh, some baddies that'll like want to just like have like an impromptu photo shoot you know but they try to do it so clandestine like they don't think we're gonna notice yeah that they're like squatting in like a hot pose, like holding a Mac Miller record. You know what oh, I mean? It's like, what, do you God. think we're not? You don't think we don't see you? <laughs> yeah, they're gonna leave their empty-handed too. Oh, thing. they'll they'll these take are all, their, these it, are all just props. Correct. Yeah, they, they'll make sure they bring their matcha latte with them, but everything else they just uh, leave here. Uh, yeah, super whack. Um, it, it it really is. I mean, and and the thing about the record stores, like I've always said this, and I know a lot of people say this too, is like I don't know what it is, but like you walk into a record store and like whatever music is playing, like mm-hmm. there, I don't know. I always like whatever it is. I always ask about it. I always want it. It always sounds yeah. great to me. Like if I don't know sure. it, I don't even care what what it sounds like. I don't know what it is, but like just music that's playing over, <laughs> like in a record store, as other people are browsing, just sounds so much better for some reason. Just the that's just like a powerful little place yeah. where you can demonstrate how, like you know how you, good we get music to be goes. djs we yeah. get to be djs you know we get to play the stuff that we like and that's the best man when someone comes in and was like what is this and it's like it's it's tough now with like vinyl shortages and everything else because like it's almost like now it used to be like people vinyl cd it didn't matter i'm a format whore like it doesn't matter to me vinyl cassette cd i'll buy yeah. it all yeah i do not care but like now it's like if I play something, I try to play stuff that people can actually buy, because it's just it turned into this thing too where I would just we'd bring in so many records and people were like, what is this? Like I love this. It's like same thing that you were saying. Like, oh, it's not available. <laughs> like this is my copy. Yeah. So now it's like uh, it's an interesting place where it's like now I just bring in stuff that we have on the shelves. Yeah. It's, yeah. So but could, it's cool. It's fun yeah, to do. Let's see, could put it in someone's hand, of course. The the. Other thing I would say that about planes, just from I don't want to talk too much about like the style or whatever, because they, they okay. they're just hard to pigeonhole. Yeah, what genre are, is planes? I literally talk about genres all day, and people are like, <laughs> "What does planes sound like?" I'm like, "I don't know." I mean, uh, I don't know. Like they're they're straddling a lot of lines. I think like I know I know that they're not doing it intentionally. Like the other thing I don't really have a strong gauge on is like I don't know what what bands planes are into or jared are into like really yeah. i've never i've never really gone down that rabbit hole where i've like listened to interviews and talked about i mean like i know like it's i've seen him like in pictures wearing like thin lizzie shirts and a lot of like classic like songwriter yeah. shit like bruce springsteen and stuff like that so yeah. and it, it, that would never that would not surprise me at all if like the, well he the, had that the, hawks and doves project that was really neil young inspired i think that's yeah. a neil young song yeah um you know, I think they were into like punk rock and stuff like that. And I sure. think when Up in Them Guts came out, um, again, I don't, I don't want to scatter shot. I want to try to stick to the program. But that's when I started hearing like Black Flag influence. But, 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 but the Black Flag records that nobody else likes. Like, like I don't know if you're a Black Flag guy. I, I love Flag. Yeah. My favorite record, Loose Nut. <laughs> Is that after my war? Oh yeah, yeah, way off, way after, right? Like who most was, people, who was singing, jump off after my work. Oh uh, Henry, who's okay. yeah. unfortunately the fourth best singer they ever had. <laughs> um, but I like the like the, the late era 
flag stuff when they were really progressive mm-hmm. and bizarre, like you know, side two of, of my war and mm-hmm. uh, Family Man. Well, Family Man stinks, but uh, like Loose Nut. Loose Nut is very, very good. I hear that in Plains. I hear the weird hardcore, like the weird late '80s SST stuff. I hear that in them for sure. Stuff. I mean, they were dissonant and noisy, but they were always tuneful. Like, always. For sure. There was a, always a hook, even among their most chaotic material, I think. And like you're saying before, they were angsty as hell, but they were never whiny. Which was, I think, a fucking difficult parlor trick to pull off in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, for sure, was, especially in that scene, yeah. Especially in that scene. I mean, you could just tell there was always an appreciation for like good old-fashioned songwriting like amidst yeah. all the bloodshed and <laughs> pulverizing yeah, I, it and moody like this is a super moody band like for know? sure yeah yeah and like their first like like that like we picked uh, what was it copper and stars or whatever and it's that's got a little bit of that like yeah <coughs> early 2000s it's like <coughs> i call it like sassy music because i don't know if you remember like back in the day you know like everyone was like they were everyone was like trying to be sassy all the time i can't describe it any other way like hands on your hips, like dancing, mm-hmm. yeah, like sassy shit, and like they flirted with that originally, but then they had shaken all that shit by the time "Fuck with Fire" came out. You know, you're talking about the white belt shit, right? Totally, <laughs> like yeah. Blood Brothers stuff like that. I mean, maybe that's a little yeah, bit later. yeah, for sure. For, yeah, white belt. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, why don't we get into these tracks then? Like, I, I know we're going to pick up on a lot of stuff. Um, so just just for like everyone to know, like I, I asked Damien to pick today's track list. And I got to say, man, like when you sent it over, like I, it was probably pretty similar to what like I would have picked myself with a couple with a couple deviations, of course. Um, but we tried to feature a song from every major release in the discography here. So, you know, we're coming in at seven tracks. Um, going from the early days to to their very last release in 2016, you know, I, I guess I heard that the band was working on a record like prior to Jared's passing. Um, so I've seen some like initial indications that something might be released from the sessions at some point. You might, you probably know better than I would. Yeah, if, if this is yeah. correct or not, I don't know. I I don't know if I have any inside baseball information mm-hmm. I should share or shouldn't share. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, of course, I want to respect I, that. I, of course, I'll just say this: I hope, I yeah. hope. Yeah. I want to hear plane. I want to hear more planes music, um, but that did. But that also was my position before Jared died. <laughs> yeah, you know, him him passing just uh, was awful. But well, let's get into the tracks. So this first one uh, is Copper and Stars. We've alluded to this one a couple times already. This is from the 1999. I don't know. Is this an EP? This was a, is this a 7-inch that you're talking about, right? It was a 10-inch, I believe. All right. This was the 10-inch. Sorry. Okay. So you got eight, yeah. yes, and eight, eight songs on this one. Um, I think this has a lot of the band's early, like, beloved stuff. but um, It does, yeah. And I think if these guys have a hit, it probably is this, this one, Copper and Stars. Yeah. I, which is so weird to me. 
<laughs> yeah. So, so like, uh, so why did you pick this one? And kind of like, what's it was their what? it was their big song from this record, and it was it was you know it has I had fond memories of going back to it. Um, I did like this track, but like I said before, I was like, let's let's listen to this song. Let's appreciate it for what it is. It's mm-hmm. cool. But like my dick doesn't get hard until like the next. You know what I'm saying? Like this is, it's still sure. fully in my pants. You know, and I'm sure Jared would appreciate that sort of uh, talk. <laughs> well, I, I remember this song was this was the leadoff track on the first Deep Elm Records comp. Um, it was co- it was yeah. called "Emo is Awesome, Emo is Evil." That was the name of it. Goofy shit, like you're talking about. Totally, like yeah. And 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 it's fucking silly, but I think. The reason why I mentioned bring this up is because I think a lot of kids like heard planes on that comp, and if you were like floating anywhere around this like style or whatever at the time, like you you were won over when you heard the song because it, sure. in com- in comparison to the other stuff that like was getting big at the time, I mean this just it, like you're saying it had it had that like hip shaky kind of quality to it, but I mean it, it also was just like how to just has so much energy, yeah. you know, and and this is. I mean, hearing the evolution of the band, like from from this point on, like they definitely yeah. get heavier, they get more brooding, they get more yeah. in, intense. Um, that's kind of like you need to you need to kind of start here. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So okay, this is uh, Copper and Stars from the 1999 uh, EP.
All right, so this next one uh, is Pillbox. This is from the Knife in the Marathon release from 2000. So this came out on Deep Elm 2. I think this might have been their last one there. Yeah, did did Dim Mac put it out again at some point? Dim Mac reissued it? Yeah, I have a note here that Dim Mac put it out, and I had no idea that this is a label run by Steve. Steve Aoki? Aoki? Oh, yeah. He's put out. He's a, he's like a hardcore dude. I didn't know this dude had punk roots. I had no idea. 100%. Yeah. I think it didn't, his, his dad founded Benihana, right? That's like Yes. His, his uh, yes. Thing. I mean, he's Steve Aoki is a absolutely respected DJ and producer. Um, take I take nothing from him. He's awesome. But you have to mention the Benihana thing because it's funny because he's just <laughs> like this. Your dad started Benihana. You're into punk rock. like, And then you pivot to being a DJ. Like, that dude rules. Like, shout out Steve Aoki. <laughs> he put out like some Das Oath record. And he put out so much stuff that was awesome. He threw, he pissed a lot of money away on awesome bands. So, king, king in my book. Get the get those bands paid. Absolutely. Did he? Did he no, I'm sure he lost a ton of money. And, <laughs> but he put out great bands. He had great taste. Probably still does have great taste. <laughs> Steve Aoki put out in a pregnant light seven inch. Oh no, that'd be so sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you know this track. Like, this is definitely where things I think start to get a little more like pissed off and moody. Yeah. Um, this, this is where they become planes. Yeah, they're they're still super melodic and and, and holding on to that kind of like energy. But I don't know. They and they still have the singing and screaming dual thing happening too. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things we're gonna realize when we like get through these tracks is like the evolution and like the the vocal approach. Yeah. I think this this is the fan favorite. I think Knife in the Marathon is really... Really? Is this the one? You... Maybe or like up in them guts. But like, yeah, you have you have a lot of fans that kind of got off after Knife in the Marathon. But I think a lot of fans ride hard for this record. For sure. Yeah. I, I also think like they're starting to get like a, a bit more dynamic and like kind of yeah. anthemic on, on this release. But I, I, I don't know. There's definitely like a, a, a maturation or whatever. I was reading a review of this release... Um, and someone was comparing it to like it was compared to other bands, which like you don't see planes compared to a lot of other bands very much. But I like I, I, these bands like Hot Water Music, Sam I Am, and Grade. I don't know, you know these bands, yeah? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like honestly, for me, like all three of those bands are like in a category where like it's shit that still holds up for me. Where a lot of other music from when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, like it just doesn't really resonate that much anymore. I can still appreciate it for sure, and it's yeah. very you know nostalgic and all that good shit. But I think the reason is because like each one of those bands is just so melodically gifted and let that shine through in the music at all the times. And I don't know, they never held that any of that back ultimately because these uh, you know, presumably like, scrappy fucked up kids who were just like writing and recording the music. Then the energy of that of that release was just as important as like the actual songwriting and getting your aggression out and whatnot. So yeah. I don't know. Like when I heard them, when I heard in that review, like those other three three bands mentioned, I'm like. Yeah, man, those are the ones that hold up for me, like to this yeah. day. You're still, you're still jamming grade. Okay, I like I, I, I go hard. <laughs> I go hard for one grade album. It's called Head First, okay. Straight to Hell. I, it came out like right after whatever their big one on Victory was. Actually, th- this yeah. one came out on Victory as well. I, I still ride super fucking hard for that album, even though okay. I, I've never met a single other person who likes it or even yeah. knows it or cares about <clears throat> it. But it. It's a, it's a great fucking like. Like emotional hardcore, like album. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a band I haven't heard in fifteen years. Yeah, and I think people who have a reference point for them, it just falls into like that victory kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Hot Water Music, another one of those bands that I think gets that name gets tossed around the the 
in the orbit of planes here and there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they were label mates and they toured together and they were in the same scene. Uh, uh, Hot Water, they, Hot Water was great. They were also like highly revered gods in the area. Like, and rightfully so. They'd put out loads of records that were good. I kind of don't know anything after Caution. I know they've put out a bunch since then. Same here. That's kind of where I dropped off. Yeah. So that was like, what, early 2000s? And then they broke up, and they got back together, and then it, it felt like for a minute, like when they got back together, like everybody loved Hot Water Music, and I was like, they nobody liked them before. I mean, the people did like them before, but it's it to to parallel it to Planes, it's like, yeah, same thing too. It's like when they broke up, there was a, I thought like maybe they'll get the Hot Water Music treatment, like yeah, people are just gonna like come out of the woodwork and be like, this band fucking rules, they crush, and then. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, I think some press did, and some a lot of guys and bands did, but yeah. I mean, planes is just planes is some some hard shit. Yeah, they they definitely went harder than Hollywood music. I think maybe where they where they get a little there there's some fair points of comparison is like the manly thing, you know? Sure. With Hot Water, especially where like I'm thinking of you know records like Forever and Counting and stuff like that, and like the vocal approach to kind of having that two prong like kind of vocals going at the same time like screaming over each other um and not doing it in like a pretty typical like singy yeah you know one guy's like singing like high-pitched melodic shit one guy's screaming over it like yeah really getting away from <laughs> from that from that like yeah. trick but yeah i don't know any anything else on uh knife in the marathon and pillbox a pillbox rules i mean yeah let's let's jam it let's right. let's i think the music speaks for itself it's it's pretty gnarly. I was, uh, like I said, I worked backwards from Fuck With Fire, so then I got I got this after Fuck With Fire. So, yeah, it's great. Let's play the track. Something's wrong 
right. Next next one, Sicilian Smile from Fuck With Fire. This is from 2001 okay. on No Idea Records. This is a big, it's a big album in the Plains discography. So why, why'd you go with this track? And uh, I don't know, what, what does this album mean to you? You know, Fuck With Fire, like I said. So immediately I, I got spearheading and immediately went back and got Fuck With Fire. The step up in like production, like it just sounded bigger, heavier, harder. The lyric, like I started really paying attention to the lyrics because you got to remember the first thing that I had heard from Planes, like on my own, was like Thunder in the Night Forever. Like, so I took that home. I'd heard Planes with friends or whatever, and I was like, this is great. This is great. The first time I got to spend time with it was that. And it's cool. And those, those other tracks are anthemic on the, on the B side. But I, I came home. <clears throat> with fuck with fire and the lyrics the artwork just everything about it it was noisy chaotic super heavy i thought sicilian smile i mean there's with this one and up in them guts again you could you could pick any song and there's yeah. an argument for it there's there's a couple of those like ballady in between songs um but like as far as like the, which are cool and they fit on the record, but the as far as like the intense rock songs, like I thought Sicilian Smile is is cool. I loved I love the lyrics, you know. I'll spill guts to gnaw and slide so sisters sleep tight, you know. Mm-hmm. And since you don't need me, you, you can say I was never here. Like, oh, it's, it's great shit. He's the, he's the best. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, this was the one that like catapulted planes into like a, a, a legendary status for me. Like. I think True. this was the the last Planes album where the band is like really, you know, in, in just interested in absolutely destroying you. I mean, there's there's an evolution in, in, into this record for sure. The band sounds, but the band sounds more scary and savage on this one. Um, for sure, but they still are dialed up like the melancholy like a lot too, and they're starting to gain this like very very haunting quality. I think. Yeah, for sure, and we should also mention that it was uh, that was pretty subversive in 2001 to name your album fuck with fire. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that was, that was a big deal back then. Like it had a, that had the, uh, the F word in the title, you know, like now I think we are so desensitized to that shit. Oh, you know, we are yeah, so, like, it's nothing you turn on. If you, you know, you're listening to the radio and it's like pop songs now are just like, like Ariana Grande has a million songs about like getting her pussy eaten, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're just on the radio. And it's like, I mean, I guess it's pop music has always been that way. You know, it's just like hit me baby one more time. Feel felt a little more restrained, you know, <laughs> yeah. or I'm a genie in a bottle. You got to rub me the right way. You know? Yeah. They're making the audience do a, do a little bit of connect, connect a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> just to have a band, like what's your record called? Fuck with fire. Like, Okay. That's crazy. And I was actually looking at my records like just before we this is merely we can you can see a portion of only one shelf. Yeah. I've got a bunch of these and 7 inches of CDs and tapes everywhere, but I was going through my records, just looking at the planes. I was like, I have two copies of this. I just I just found that out today. Nice. And I have two copies I, of Fuck with Fire. And I've got CDs of all their stuff too. Hell yeah. Yeah, I've got C- I've got the CDs. I do have a vinyl copy of this one I found in a uh, in a record store for like 10 bucks like yeah. 10 years 10 years ago and i was just like <gasps> like gasped when i found it of course just yeah. like oh gotta pick this up for sure 
I think there's also like a, a a big evolution in Jared's vocals here too. It's yeah, you still st- still a lot of like rough kind of gruff screaming and stuff like that. But I don't I don't know. He's he's, he's <laughs> he sounds like he sounds different on this one compared to the past stuff. He's you could tell that the, the you know the beast is the beast is coming. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. he's here yet. I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's quite there. I think Fuck With Fire is very rough around the edges. Yeah. And I think that's indicative of where they were as a band and also indicative of the time. That was what was popular and that was what was cool was to be a little rough around the edges. Of course, they did it in a bizarre, completely unique way that they were just being themselves. But uh, yeah, Fuck With Fire was, it was a scary record. It was scary. Yeah. It was scary in a, in a sort of, yeah, like, big hairy scary men like yeah it was just it was i mean i was a kid when the record came out you know and i was totally scared by it i thought it was awesome i was i was listening to metal i was listening to metal and shit like that too but again like i don't i mean check my resume like with my with people that know me it's like i've been listening to like black metal and things like that since then you know Mm -hmm. really literally since then and so it's not like this is like a new thing to me it's not like I found out about black metal from like Zaster or something, you know, or like Vice. You know, mm-hmm. no disrespect to Vice, but it's like, yeah, I knew about black metal before Vice covered it. <laughs> um, and those bands were scary. Like those bands were scary, like Burzum and and uh, Mayhem. You know, we loved that stuff when I was a kid. I mean, still do, still do. The atmospherics, the coldness, the just scary like the hate that you have in black metal was so intriguing to me you know those those atmospheres are so cool so if 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 black metal is this scalding cold then like planes is like the most blistering summer do you know what i mean like in my Mm -hmm. mind that's that's how i equate it it's like Mm -hmm. it's also scary it's also angry but rather than like a whiteout blizzard that like a black metal, you know, in, in the, like a Burzum record is or whatever, of this just sheen of whatever, like Dark Throne stuff, you know, the sheen of white noise and yeah. uh, atmospherics that just that, that kind of cover you over like a blanket. It's like Plains is like a fucking furnace of just like you open it up and the flames are roaring out at you. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like this record. And it's it fuck with fire is the perfect title for it. I love it. It is. It goes it goes with the total aesthetic, the cover, the um everything like that. Yeah, I I I think that's a very apt description. That's certainly how I feel about it when I listen to it. I'm like, this is sweltering. Like shit. Yeah, totally, you know totally. what I mean? And it's uh oh, I gotta you know that track track two and me in Richmond, that's just the that's the one Yeah. I, I almost picked that one. But I thought that I thought that somebody would definitely have picked that or have heard that. So. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, it is. Sicilian kind of, smile is cool. I don't. I think. I mean, are ninety percent of Jared's songs about like, what are they about? Pussy, I think. Right. <laughs> like, what is this? Is, is it? I just assume it's pussy. I, don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say addiction, but it could be. Oh, those, okay, yeah. There those two things could be uh, correlated. You know what I mean? <laughs> sometimes be addicted to pussy. It's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have been at one point. He was a real, a real dog. This is just judging from the lyrics. I didn't know the man. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I definitely get, get that out, get out of the, get that out of the lyrics too. It's also like going back to like him. Like 
watching those videos where he's like this super long like jet black hair like shirt off kind of like warrior guy to like you know kind of the evolution like in the band like cutting the hair and yeah family man you know Mm -hmm. like he got married and had some kids and uh like he seemed very 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 happy yeah yeah when those tributes were pouring out i mean everyone was who knew him was talking about just, just the sweetest, most special guy, and you know, yeah. I mean, and this was all mostly musicians, you know. It's like we're, this is where like the Death Wish kind of thing comes in a little bit later, you know. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, respect to his wife and kids, man. Like, I'm very, very sorry, sorry for that. Awful. Should I tell my GoFundMe story? Yeah. So, uh, I kind of don't give a shit about GoFundMe. It's not a really popular opinion. I just, or I guess. The things that I see GoFundMe's for, the things that come across my my plate, I'm just like, really? Like, no, I'm not going to donate money for this. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, so this is a bad example. I, I know but, what you mean. I think I've, I've felt similar ways. <laughs> since yeah, it's like, you know, and I, and again, I, I, I sound like, I'm not trying to sound like pure Republican or whatever, because I'm, I'm not. But yeah, it's like, I don't need to GoFundMe so you can, like move apartments and still have a $6 coffee every morning. Uh, you know, of course the health and whatever ones of like those ones are, I always took seriously, but of course, um, yeah. When the Jared's GoFundMe came up for his, uh, cancer treatment, I was just like, Oh yeah, I will absolutely donate. And I don't have a normal job. I don't, I may, I make very, very little money and what little money I do make, I pour back into like the label Mm-hmm. to like put stuff out and record and write and um, increase that and make it look, I mean, if you look at my, my first thing from 10 years ago to like the two, you know, the new singles I just put out, like it's, it's quite a journey, you know, yes. of time and money and effort uh, sure. getting it to where I want it to be and uh, continuing to grow it. So that being said, I'm going to out myself as a broke bitch, but I was like, you know, if 20 everyone's like you know 20 bucks 30 bucks whatever you know you had some dog some big dogs in there throwing in hundreds or a hundred or a couple hundred and i was like you know 50 50 will hurt because you don't you don't want to donate like ten dollars it's not gonna hurt you i was like 50 i'll i'll feel that in my pocket a little bit you know i'm not i'm not a wealthy guy i'm really not um so i was like 50 i like i'm good on 50 because that, that that cuts into beer money you know what i mean yeah <laughs> so i was like okay 50 so uh i'm like using i try to use my computer for most important things but i was like on my phone and i was like oh, i'll just do it on my phone so i could type in like my credit card information like press send and you know it like nothing happens and i'm just like oh fuck like this is weird so i press refresh to see if it'll it'll go again and i i somehow press refresh and it refreshes, and then I instantaneously click, like, send. So I was like, okay, like, that went through. Like, it finally went through. And, you know, they have, like, a little, your little public, look at how, look at, look at a good, look at what a good person I am. Yeah. yeah. So it, it said Damien, it said Damien Master $50, and then right next to, and it has, like, the timestamp or whatever. And then uh, literally the same minute, it was, like, Damien Master $50. I'm like, oh, I just gave him 100 bucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I donated twice. Two fifty dollar donations, and I was like, "Man, if anybody can swindle me for double my original plan donation, <laughs> it's Jared." I'm like, "I'm fine with that." 
Like, what are you going to do? Like, hit hit up his uh, wife? Like, hey, I, I accidentally donated twice. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? He, he got 100 out of me. So, um, good for him. And I was, t- I was, I was laughing about it. And I uh, told my buddy who was friends with him. And he was like, Jared would have gotten, a- Jared got a kick out of that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. You don't want to put yourself in, like, curb your enthusiasm, like, a centered, like, <laughs> episode where you have yeah. to ask for that back or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool. I did an interview with um, with my buddy Massel on his podcast, and he had me pick ten songs. And uh, uh, yeah, listen to that one. I had a planes thing on there, and mm-hmm. it was cool because he he uh, passed that on to Jared, and so that was I was happy to give that man his flowers, you know, mm-hmm. while he was mm-hmm. still alive, and because they're the planes is like I think I mentioned to you, it's they're they're like the Rosetta Stone band for me, like. Mm-hmm. If your listeners don't know what the Rosetta Stone is, because I've used that before, and people just went, "Huh?" I was like, "What did you like? Not did you not go to tenth grade?" <laughs> uh, you know, the Rosetta Stone being, you know, a stone that has three languages on it. You know, we knew one of the languages, and then that's how we figured out the other languages. So it's like, planes is, and I hid that in press for so long, in interviews. I just wouldn't tell people about planes because I thought, well, the minute that they find out that planes is the secret language they're gonna be like this guy sucks and he's a fraud and he's a half-ass he's just half-assing planes the whole time is this because you didn't want to you didn't you weren't dropping any kind of like influences at all like in terms of artists or was it like you were protective over that one like no i was protective over planes specifically you know you can't when you you bring the sonic stuff to the palette that i do People are obviously like, okay, this guy listens to a lot of the Smiths. This guy listens to a lot of Johnny Marr stuff. You know, the guitar layering, the fact that it's lots of um, chordal movement that's unique to metal. Um, but planes, some of that discordant, weird stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're – so I just decided a couple years ago, like, it doesn't – also, I felt confident in my own art as a, as a person to be like, okay, I can tell people where I'm getting this stuff from. And also, as you grow as an artist, you don't things. That's the other thing too that drives me crazy about like streetwear, or which I which is cool and I like it. I was just thinking about streetwear this week for some reason, but like everything is a direct reference of everything else, hmm. and it's like things that are original are so few and far between, and it's just a contest, and it's totally this way in music. It's music seems like a contest of rather than trying to be original, not that being original should be the goal, being good should be the goal. And if you're original, then that's great. Um, But you don't have to be. You don't have to be original Mm -hmm. to be good. But it seems to me that like every band now, not every band, that's that's a wide thing. So just take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. Like every, again, as I say every, um, (laughs) a lot of bands now, it feels like, all they're doing is seeking this little nugget of inspiration from somewhere that they can then extrapolate into their own career, their own thing. In the way that like Black Sabbath spawned a million genres with like each song. Like there's entire genres that are based off of one Black Sabbath song. Yeah. You know? Totally. Micro genres of music, you know? And so, yeah, the plain thing is like, I feel confident enough in my own music that I don't I'm not ripping them off I'm just inspired mm-hmm. by them you know mm-hmm. and nobody hears me and is like yes 
that guy obviously listens to planes. It's like, it's no, maybe at some points, but um, it's just, it's the well of inspiration. And I think that people are not looking, I see that in, in a lot of music now, is that people are not using reference as, I said something to my buddy Warner Watkins. I said, reference should be, he's like a designer who runs uh, Brownstone with his brother uh, Waverly. We were talking about reference, and I said, reference should be a violent redistribution. And he was like, whoa, I'm going to write that down. I was like, oh, I'm going to write that down too. That's very good. <laughs> so <laughs> to me, like reference needs to be a violent redistribution. And when I create music, if I have a reference or an inspiration, it needs to be violently redistributed. Mm-hmm. So if you, and if you take something that's inherently violent, like planes, and put that in a blender again and make it more violent, uh, I think that's when you come up with something interesting. Otherwise, it's just, yeah, it's like, I mean, look at Dungeon Synth. Like, Dungeons, the fact that Dungeon Synth exists. I'm not a hater, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's cool. It's, it's not my thing, necessarily. It's like built off of, like, interludes on black metal albums, pretty yeah, much, Yeah, totally. Right? Like, yeah, it's, it's exactly. It's, 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 it's what you're saying, where just, people could just focus on just one one particular aspect of a, a pivotal band. I mean, shit, they don't even need to be that important, to be honest. And they can just right. kind of, like, stretch it out from there in all kinds of ways. It's like how many bands are just Iljarn, you know? Just, <laughs> like, like let Iljarn be Iljarn. Like, Iljarn rules. But, you know, like how many bands are just like that, you know? Or they, the Le Légion Noir, the, the LLN stuff. Like, they just focus on one band from that and they just worship that. Stuff. They, I, hear, I see the word worship a lot. Like, like oh, this is like LLN And it's used positively, this. you know? Correct, like, yeah. And I'm yeah. always just like, I thought that was whack. Like, was, was like this is... Like candle mass worship, and I was just like, uh, "Why don't you just do your own? Why don't you just be you? Like, let candle mass be candle mass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like worship candle mass as a listener, but like as an artist, like you yeah. know, like just take read. what they've done and push it out. But yeah, it's it's yeah, I don't know. It's it can be replication. I mean, there's talent and skill, of course, and like even like replicating sure. something pretty simple, pretty pretty like unique, and and all the talent that goes into that. But uh, that's the end of the day you're almost like self-admitting you're either self-admitting that this is just worship like music or mm-hmm. you're lying and saying that it's something you're lying about the influence to begin with and saying yeah right. it's the, it, I, you know where people like a band sounds exactly like another one and, and then they may i respect about, they're asked about it and they're like nah we don't even really listen to them. I yeah i respect the liars <laughs> i respect the liars more than the other people <laughs> if you're lying anytime you can lie in the press is a good thing i think uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah just to be like oh we love a shitload of people <laughs> yeah it's just like we love carcass and so this is like yeah this is carcass worship and it's like ah oh, it's just like just stop just do something else <laughs> just, just be you i mean i like what you're saying what you're saying about planes you know being yours at a stone like i i don't think i ever like just be listening to apl or and and, and think planes like r- like stylistically but it's just for me, I mean, maybe this is too simple or something, but it's just, it's like heavy, emotional, like music where I can really like channel into like the the artist, the, the vocals, the lyrics, I can, they're intelligible, I can understand it. Like that's just, to me, there's just not that many bands that are like that anymore. Thanks, man. Or maybe at all, like, you know, so yeah. I, I, it's just for me. That's that, me. I'm the only band left. It's, it's, it's that s- simple grouping because I listen to, to a listen. lot of it. 
I listen to a lot of extreme metal too, like you. Like yeah. I'm into I'm into fucking crazy shit as well, yeah. and hardcore and stuff like that. But I don't know. There's just not a lot of stuff that to <laughs> that is in this uh, particular lane. I think. Yeah, I kind of I definitely exist in my own wheelhouse, and I'm I feel confident saying that because I've been doing this for. 10 years and I have 30 plus releases. So it's like, it's, it's not like I stumbled upon this thing and now I look back and I'm just like, see, like, look at this thing that I did. It's like, I've a pretty extensive catalog of work, not just with a pregnant light with every other band that yeah. I've done. So yeah. it's like, we don't, have, we don't have to get into that. Cause that's a whole different discussion, but just even with APL, like that's a whole nother rabbit hole, which yeah, perhaps sure. I think we should revisit sometime for sure. Yeah, oh, that'd be that'd be fun. But it's it was just APL. It's like yeah, I mean, I've got, I mean, I just I put out All Saints Day two last year, and it's like that's totally different than anything else I've ever done, and you know, and it's kind of real kind of post punky and gothy a little bit, and then I released the two new singles, The Beast About and Germanicus, which mm-hmm. are are great. I love them. I listen to them for pleasure, you know, and it's like, there's where, like, what, what genre is that? I, that that's kind of how I feel like with planes. Like, somebody was listening to APL in the store one time, one a coworker, which was nice of them to do when I wasn't there, and some teenage girl, like, she's like some fifteen year old girl, was talking to her friend and was like, "What genre even is this?" So I always wanted to put that like in a hype sticker on a record. Like, <laughs> what genre even is this? And then accredit to like random 15 year old girl. 15 year old girl at the record store. Yeah. Not easy to stimulate that level of intrigue. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and listen to a Sicilian smile from fuck with fire. Oh, 
next one. You know, earlier I said Copper and Stars might be like the the definitive planes track, but I'm just like I'm just so fucking wrong about that. It's it's <laughs> if, yeah, if, I wasn't if, if there's say a, anything, but if there's a contender. I think it's this one, Thunder in the Night Forever. This is off spearheading uh, the Sin Movement 2002. This is yes. a two track EP on No Idea. Yeah. yeah, why why why'd you go with this one? I mean, we we talked uh, a little bit about it already. Yeah, we I think we talked about. It. I don't I don't. There's not too much I want to get. Yeah, kind of. I, I kind of covered it. I don't want to repeat myself, but I am going to drop a very rare tidbit of knowledge. At least I think it's rare. Um, do you know about the relapse comp? Yes, I did have that in my notes that this was featured on a relapse comp from 2005. But have you heard the relapse comp version? No, is it different? I just saw it's that different. it was on there. It's, is it's it? different. It's a re-recording no of this song. Like, uh-huh. I, it doesn't have the sample in the beginning. It's I think it's on Contaminated 7, if I'm not mistaken, which is the one that has, like, George Bush on the front, like, doing some oil shit. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, committing a war crime. Uh, yeah. Which is also very much of the era. That's cool. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't want to tell tales out of school, and I also don't 100% know, but I believe that post up in them guts they pre-mercy they were going to sign to relapse i remember hearing that buzz and even being involved with like the record stores like you know you would get word that they were going to work with this band or this band or whatever and i was like planes is going to relapse like whoa that's insane like what Mm. and and we won't get into mercy yet but um i had heard that and then those contaminated comps come out and you know you always pick them up or they were free or Mm -hmm. something and I just flipped it over and I was like, planes mistaken for stars, like thunder in the night forever. It's like really Those comps were all, were, were all like death metal and grind, right? That kind of shit. Yeah. And there was like high on fire was on there, you know, like those kind of, I yeah. think that might've been the first track on the comp if I remember. Um, but yeah. Mastodon too. Mastodon. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not on like that version's not online. I, I'd like dig out my CD. So it's like, if you're an astute person, go find the CD. Go yeah. Check the dollar, I'm going go to check right after this. Man. How's it compare? I mean, I can't imagine the song without the vo- without the vocal cut, like uh, the sample. Yeah, the I love that shit. Right? Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's, it's just a cleaner, bigger production. Just it's just something yeah. they spent more money on it. But this this is the definitive version. The seven inch is the definitive version. So that's it. That's my that's my only uh, I think I got to add for this. If you don't, if if this doesn't do anything for you, then you gotta just give up here, man. Like I don't know what to yeah, tell you. <laughs> just, just I don't know. Just go. And this has the We Ride to Fight, you know, it's kind of become, I don't know if it's become this, but you see it a lot. I, I saw it a lot when with tributes and stuff like that. Like almost every other tribute was, would end in We Ride to Fight, you know. Totally, yeah, because it was that, they had that like, that brotherhood thing, that manly like, what, like We Ride mm-hmm. to Fight, you know, it's just like, it's the boys, you know what I mean? Like it's it's cool, man. They're, I, have nothing, mm-hmm. I have nothing to add. If this doesn't, that wah-wah guitar intro, oh man. Oh. Love it. It's like the Queen is Dead by the Smiths. I think about that, like, saying wah-wah guitar intro, and it's like, I think of these songs as, like, good twin and evil twin, you know? Like, yeah. They're just, like, they kind of have I the totally same totally hear vibe. that. I don't know if that's, like, what they were going for. They had to have, They had to have liked the Smiths. They had to. Everybody likes the Smiths. Do you like the Smiths? I love them, of course. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> so I often wonder if, if, the, if Thunder in the Night was their – their take on the queen is dead. It could be wild. It could be, could be, yeah. like, could be way off. Another, another band I have a similar thought about where I'm like, I don't know if they fucked with this band at all. And they're not too far removed from them 
in terms of like time like the afghan wigs especially with like the wall oh. and stuff stuff like that oh yeah because if you listen to the other interview you know that i like the wigs too yeah, yeah. I, so, yeah, I did know that, but also like as I was listening to this, like I, yeah. I just, I just, he- I just hear it, hear it sometimes, and I think it's the swagger, you know. Totally, kind of thing. yeah. The, the Wigs are another band too that like he wasn't afraid to sing about. I mean, he would put it more, way more pointedly, especially like on Gentleman. You're like, I got a dick for a brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh, chill, 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 chill. Uh, Planes wasn't. No, they were that vulgar sometimes, but. Uh, they were, but you know, I'm thinking about it more from like I, I definitely hear that. I think about it more from like the use of wah, like is what made me think of that, and like some of these kind of guitar effects and kind of like yeah, I don't totally. know. I don't want to say boogie because the planes just didn't have that, but it's yeah. like it was almost like you could tell that there there was a little part of them that wanted to like throw in some some. I don't know, some like little real soulful shit, you know, like without going full into it, but just well, like, how do we inject, inject a little bit of that into like this racket, you know? I, I hear bluesiness in a lot of plain stuff, you know, there, there's, I don't know if they liked the blues or were inspired by the blues at all, but there was, and of course you hear that in, in the wigs a lot, but more mm-hmm. soul than blues, but um, I think soul is of course, like all things, heavily indebted to the blues. Of course. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, this track's great. Let's play it. We take a bunch of long-haired boys fucking each other while they puff reefers. Spit cocaine on the Bible and wipe their asses with old gloves. Yeah. 
next one, a six-inch valley. This is from Up in Them Guts from 2004. I've heard a lot of people consider this one the the band's masterpiece, but I don't know what's 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 uh, your what's your take on it as I, a whole. I I have no umbrage with that. I if somebody says that this is their masterpiece, I will not. Um, I'll not fight them on that. Uh, it's it's not my favorite record, but that's to say, like you know, <laughs> yeah. Up, up in them guts is a trillion times better than like any other band. Like no band, ninety uh, percent of bands in the world could never. So you know, it's probably my second favorite Planes record. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is this to me is where Planes becomes Planes. Like fuck with fire was awesome, but up in them guts is like okay, we're here. This is what we are. This is what we do. Everything that followed Guts um, was just that refined, was Guts mm-hmm. refined. The creepy, they got, they somehow got heavier at times. They somehow got slower at times. They didn't really go back to the fast thing, but they kind of got lighter too. Yeah. As they went on, but they brought, but they had like the slow kind of trudgy, sludgy heaviness. I mean, yeah, Fuck a Fire, I could have picked any song on here. You know, everybody loves Belly Full of Hell. Yeah. You know, it's just, but, um, a six inch Valley. Um, I mean, I, again, is it about pussy? Song. Is it about, I think it's about pussy. I don't, maybe that's just <laughs> me. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean the, the sheets are soaked in whiskey, you know, I can still get stopped to shake it. I mean this, I mean, I was there when this record came out. Well, so what year did this come out? 2002? 2004. Four. Okay. Four. Yeah. Okay. So I was like becoming a man. Do you know what I mean? Like I bought this record. I remember when it came out. I bought it. You know, we ordered it directly from No Idea. Got it early. You know, like uh, Planes to me was so integral in me becoming a man. You know, I was like 18 years old. You know, and it's like mm-hmm. they were men, and I was a boy, and they were giving me instructions on how to be a man and how to be a tough guy and how to be a cool guy. Um, and they were like making mis- it sounds like. From my perspective, they're making mistakes and fucking up too, and like being very totally. honest about that as well. Yeah, yeah, for it's all, sure. It's all encompassed in in sing, singular experience. Yeah, yeah. So I think mean, I think up in them guts, which is which is absolutely slang for fucking, <laughs> you know, getting up in them guts. You know, um, yeah. I mean that's hundred percent slang for that. Uh, but like a six inch valley, I think it's like what a what a <laughs> fantastic phrase. Like what a you know. Yeah. Like I know, I know exactly what he's talking about, you know. And the sheets are soaked in whiskey. I just can't stop the shaking. And then the end, I wrote down these lyrics. Uh, the lines get blurred when there's bills to pay, babes to bury, and babes to feed. Like hmm. it, what? Like bills to pay, babes to bury, and babes to feed. Like that to me, he's. And I know Jared has talked about this before. Where he he really wanted to be clever in his lyrics, and I whatever that is, if whatever the literary device is, that where you like repeat the same thing again, but you kind of change the meaning of it. That's like something that I do constantly in my lyrics. Mm-hmm. I I love repeating myself because I think that repetition gives meaning to something. But yeah, I mean, babes, babes to bury and babes to feed, like. It's, it's, isn't it funny that like you call your, your girl babe 
you know, but then there's also like you, you feed the babe, you know, hey, babe, like your little baby, you know, yeah. you gotta feed the baby, you know, you, you feed baby and like you sleep with baby, you know, but two totally different babies, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty psychological, like interesting stuff for sure. Yeah, totally, totally. So, yeah, I've got a tattoo of a heart that says baby on it. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, I that's the other the thing. I, I definitely covers everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely hear that in 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 both your music and and planes, like this repetition and hooks and like turns of phrase, you know, like yeah. that you don't hear, like that maybe or exist out there in like the ether, but just like to be pulled into like a song, that, you know, in a certain context, like really, that's what makes that shit memorable. It gives us gives an individual song a lot of personality, you know, like its own its own sort of like self contained thing. So, I mean, I love Jared's vocals in the song, especially like the end where he's kind of like really enunciating everything with this like bellow bellow he's got, and I feel like he's really like parading that out on this album, especially. Yeah, his voice. This this is his voice. This is this is Jared's voice. This record. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, and it's it's what you're saying before. I mean, no no one sounds like this. I don't think anyone could do this. And then there's also just like the the mystique of like like can this dude like really like belt it out, sing? And this is just like the the approach he he takes because it's like it's it's everything except like a straight ahead like vocal. It's, a, it's either a whisper or like a bellow or like a croak. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's he's just, just so like much. Like, liquid <laughs> so yeah. much in, in, in the voice too and it's like i feel kind of weird talking about it too because like the you know the cancer that he passed from like i don't i don't i don't know i mean i'm trying to say anything here but i just like it's just the. Uh, i think i mean i think it was probably from i mean i think it was probably from smoking a lot of cigarettes i think yeah i think i think that's how he got the esophageal cancer i, d- I don't know again i don't want to tell tales out of school i don't know but I don't think it was from his voice. I don't think I don't. I don't. No, think no, I don't think it was from like performing or nothing like no. that. You know what I mean? But it's just like, oh yeah, there's <laughs> a, a lot of strain. There's a lot of strain in that voice. How come, how come and I, in that psyche? Yeah, I mean, how come I smoke a bunch of cigarettes and I don't sound like Jared? It's not. Fair. <laughs> I just, I just, it just makes my clothes stink. Like, it's not fair. Oh, I just, I just finally buried that habit. Oh, did you really? Uh, not long ago, not like a, not like a hundred, but like I've got I've gone from smoke. I mean, I smoked for twenty years, you know, like a long time. Yeah, from... I would like to. I would like to stop. It's it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'll maybe I'll start maybe I'll start emailing you or, or calling you and just be like, I don't just tell me not to smoke. I I mean, it was after so many attempts, so many quit attempts. Like right. it, 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 it kind of worked on like the tenth one, you know. Right. <laughs> what did you what What did you smoke? What was your brand? like? What brand? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I smoked like cam- Camel Blues for like the longest time, and then I did like the typical third. I turned thirty and I switched to American Spirits kind yeah. of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Who has a, who, who's got an hour to smoke a cigarette? That's my thing. <laughs> I, you know, I switched spirits. to them because I'm like, I don't know why I'm still smoking. I just know these hurt a little less the next day. Yeah. Um, because that shit really fucked me up, like my congestion and stuff like that. I really like in in ways that I like. I'd look at my friends who were smoking the same amount of time. I'm like, why? I just you don't sound as bad as me. You're not as rough as me the next morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's I think a shit is hitting me like a, a little harder than it does others. 
Yeah, I think smoking helped me just get off of all the other stuff too. Just Oof. something yeah, else that wasn't a classic narcotic in my veins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, listen to uh, Six Inch Valley from Up in Them Guts. This is uh, this is one of the, one of their fucking best. You picked a great one here. Thanks, man. Let's go.
right, this next one, killer, or I'm sorry, this one next one is killed by killers who kill each other. What this a is shitty of song title. Yeah. It's <laughs> awful. It is like, I, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm going to defend, you know, like I've been sitting here stroking <laughs> the shaft of these uh, four men from Denver. I'm going to go ahead and say that this is, this is awful, an awful song title. Yeah, it sounds like a really silly metal band, like it does, naming yeah. a song something. But yeah. this is uh, this is off the album Mercy from 2006. This was on No Idea, but then it got re-released on Death Wish. Yeah, in 2015. Um, is this is this your favorite? It is. Then it okay, is. it's it a is. lot of people's. Yeah, you think is it a lot of people's favorite record? I mean, I you know I might just be saying that because like what you know why did Death Wish like re-release this one and not yeah. like the rest of them yeah, or, the, or, or the one be, or, or yeah or the one before it this one seems to hold a special place just based on yeah I mean did you see like um you know I think at this point I kind of I might might have dropped off of Planes for uh, for a minute and then kind of came back to this record after it had been out for some time I think that's ninety nine percent of people had that experience. Which is weird because there's only two years between the two between this and um, up in the guts. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like a lot of time had passed. No. So here's my thing. What came out in 2005 that took all of our attention away from this band? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, what are you gonna say? So my thing with Mercy was that I was, I think, yeah, again, not to tell tales out of school or whatever, or whatever that phrase is that I've said like five times this this week. Um, <laughs> Or telltales out of turn, but um, I think they were meant to sign to Relapse, and then mm-hmm. that record Mercy w- came out on Abacus, actually, which was a division of Century Media. I, I think see. No Idea had the vinyl license to it, but the CD you got to remember, two thousand five. Who the fuck was buying vinyl? Nobody. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Converge too. Like they signed to Epitaph. But they, but when they signed in like yeah, two thousand five or whatever, I think they kept the rights to the vinyl on Death Wish. So cut to ten years later, who the fuck's buying CDs? You know, they're still selling them, but like I bet Epitaph wished they had the rights to converge on vinyl. You know, because mm-hmm. it's all on Death Wish. And so, again, I, I, I would assume through their actions, that's that's the deal. But I know that um, the record came out on Abacus, which was a there was a huge People turned on planes. I remember this specifically because I was so deep in the planes cult. And I was like, they have a new record coming out. They were mm-hmm. going to be on relapse. And then they bailed. There was talk of them signing to a major. Do you know what happened with the relapse thing? I mean, I don't, other than I think yeah. they went with Abacus because Abacus was a division, I think, of Century Media, mm-hmm. which I believe is owned by Sony. So, of course, everyone's like, it's a major, it's a major, it's a major. I know Matt Bayless recorded the record who did like the first couple Mastodon records and he's like the dude in, High on Fire, yeah. Yeah, he's in Minus the Bear, which mm-hmm. I love that band too. Again, a little too goofy, but um, some good stuff in there. But um, I think that they, I would assume it was a tale as old as time, like Abacus and Century Media were like, because like Abacus, they had put out like a Save Zaker record too and like, I want to say like, I think about Nitro. Uh, that was Nitro. AFI Wait, what band? What band did you just mention? Stavesaker. Oh yeah, um, they're on Tooth and Nail, right? Yeah, they were. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm completely now I'm completely mixing up my stories now. But Abacus, yeah. I remember. What other band was on Abacus? I think Turbo Negro. Didn't Turbo Negro do a record on Abacus? 
I think I they did know. around that time. I love and then Hank, the singer from Turbo Negro, died recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is uh, another true tragedy. Yeah, I had one mm-hmm. of my buddies text me, he's like, dude, are you okay? Like the singers are two of your favorite bands just died. I was like, It's <laughs> it's rough over here. Um <laughs> so I think that they went, I'm assuming, with the money. Because if they'd been a band for what, ten years at that point? Yeah. Or almost ten years, like they had toured their asses off. Go for, with the money. Go with the, the major label distribution. Like maybe something will stick. You know, it's yeah. like if you move to relapse, it's it might have just been. I mean, it's, it was probably a level up from no idea, but I mean, relapse wasn't what it was now. No, no, it wasn't. You know, at that time, still a highly respectable, cool label, but um, I mean, at that time, they were still just as much known for death metal. You know? Yeah. Obscura and stuff like that. Dying Fetus. Is that a band? Obscura? But yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, Obscura is a band. Death yeah. Metal band. So I believe a lot of people... I was there. I can speak to this. I have first-hand accounts. People thought Planes sold out. I remember this. Maybe this, I'm just talking about my scene, but I think I remember nationwide. People thought that Planes sold out because they put out this record on Abacus, which is a, I think a parent company, Century Media, I believe, which was like owned by Sony or Universal. I don't remember. Did they listen to the record like before coming to that? Hell judgment? no. <laughs> Hell no. Do you you know who we're talking about here? We're talking about punk rock kids. Like, yeah. No, they did not listen to the record. And people, and then when they did hear the record, people go, eh, I don't, I didn't like it. It's not as good as Up in Them Guts. And I remember distinctly that record getting a bad reception. People not fucking with that record. And I saw them on that tour, and I remember going up to them at the merch table and being like, hey, I think... And I think part of it, again, I was becoming a man. I think all the other Planes records, I was a boy. I was a young man at the time, but I was I was, I was a man, damn it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was mm-hmm. a young man. Like, I in Planes was that they were that like shot of like testosterone in my balls that took me to like, you know, be, you know, be somebody. And I remember going at the merch table and I think it was like Chuck and, and Jared were there and going like, Hey, I think this new record speaking about mercy, we might've been opening for them at some point. One of my bands, we were, I think we opened the show and I was going like, Hey, mercy is your best album. I love it. And they like, they like, like looked at each other. Like, <laughs> like, did we, did he just say what I thought he said? <laughs> and they kind of looked at me and they're like, are you, sh-? and then it kind of made me question, like, did they not like the record? Cause it was one, it was one of those reactions. Like mm-hmm. who sent you here to say that? Like, is that a joke? Cause I think I, again, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I think they got a fucking cold reception for that record. Because it, whether it's the finicky, like, maximum rock and roll people who are, like, they're on a major label now. They're not punk anymore. It's, like, slicked sheen production, whatever. I don't care. The songs on it rule. They help me become yeah. a man. Mercy is my favorite album. To say it's their best, I, I mean, who, who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. Guts is amazing. This is amazing. Fucking Fire is amazing. But, like, I, Mercy is perfect. It had a creepy sleeve. Like, what is that? I don't know. Yeah. Like, this is, like, scary dead girl. And, yeah. Um, and at the same time, too, like, I had joined a hardcore band. This is a funny story. I joined a hardcore band. And, you know, like, when you get join a band, you have to get, like, promo shots taken. 
Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you hire a photographer buddy and you pay him 50 bucks and he gives you picks to use, promo picks. And it was it's always a big deal when you're getting promo picks taken. Like, what band t-shirt are you going to wear? Sure. You know? And this is probably 2008. This is a couple years after Mercy had come out when I joined this band. And I was like, I have to wear a Plains shirt. Right? I, just, I have yeah. to. Because I'm like, because everyone else is wearing like a, like a Reign Supreme shirt or like, I don't know, like a Comeback Kid shirt or something. And I was like, no, I'm going to wear a plain shirt. Because that way everyone looks at me and they see like, that's like, that's the cool guy in the band. There's They're like a bro mosh douchebag hardcore band. But <laughs> but that guy's wearing a plain sacred shirt. And it happened all the time, by the way. All the time people are like, planes, dude. They're cool. I was like, I know. They're the best. So I wore. Uh, which shirt did you wear? Is it a Mercy? Like, no, it sure. wasn't because I, I got it from no idea. It was the one that had a cobra. It just had like a cobra head on it and the cobra body, and it just said planes. That's it. it just said planes. Didn't oh, say planes. Wasn't the, was like the full. Oh, sick. No, but people knew. Do you know what I mean? Like it just. And only the people who knew knew. You know what I mean? Like totally you, because like what yeah. like just pl- I always called them planes. Yeah. You know, like we just always called them planes. Like. Or planes to take for stars or whatever. It's too long to say. It's just planes. So I mean, no idea knew that. No idea is like we can sell a shirt that doesn't even have the full band name. It just says planes. Like that's and you know, there's not another band named planes. There's only one planes. It's planes to take for stars. You know, anyone who hurls up to use loves the band. Like you know, just by virtue of that, because you could wear the full. You could wear planes to take for stars shirt, and people will kind of bullshit you about the band. You know, hundred percent. You know, you know, you you really don't know where they land on it unless they're like really, yeah. Like, Really, but that like shirt gush, was gushing over it. That shirt was so rad, and I wore it in the promo pics. And um, so, fifty percent of the people would be like, "Planes, like that rules." Because you know, you always you judge a band by what t-shirts they wear. In the same time, you judge a band by like what bands they think yeah. on the inside. Yeah, we're all, we're only we're only human. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I do too. Um, <laughs> but then, so fifty percent of people were like, "Hell yeah, planes! This guy rules." And then the other fifty percent of the people, this was like two thousand eight, nine thought that I was wearing a Snakes on a Plane, like that movie that came out. Oh, I thought it was yeah, that shirt. I had no idea until someone was like, fuck. someone walked up to me and was like, I'm sick and tired of these, you know, motherfucking snakes on this yeah. motherfucking plane. And I go, okay. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, man. <laughs> snakes. And I was just like, on a plane. And I'm just like, "I okay. Right on, man. Like, you're sure. And I looked down, I was like, Oh no! <laughs> I wore that shirt to death, man. I wish I still had it. <laughs> Hell yeah! I you should send me that picture. I'll make it the the cover art for this episode. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I don't know if that exists. I'll just zoom in on zoom in on. You. Yeah, MySpace has died, so you know, yeah. it probably died along with MySpace. But <laughs> some some things should should stay in the past. But um, but yeah. So that's uh, mercy. Yeah, we've we've gone a bit long. I don't want to bore your listeners or whatever, but I do enjoy I do enjoy this conversation. But to Mercy, I would say it's killed by killers that kill each other. I I did to spit a sparrow on one show, and this one I think Jared's doing the, that creepy thing. Mm-hmm. It's got that 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 crazy like you know yeah. ascendant guitar thing, and again. The austerity in his um, his his lyrics, because he's just the way that he stretches every single word 
and when he does do like a staccato delivery, it's like really on purpose and it, it works. And I think, um, I don't want to take anything away from the guy. I think he just stumbled. I, if I had to guess, I don't think this, any of it was on purpose. I think he just, he wrote the lyrics and then he fit them to the song. I, I don't think it was all, and that's just, and he just sang them how he sang them. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think it was that thought out. They were a punk band after all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best stuff is never thought out in a punk band, but his vocal delivery. And it's, it's funny. Cause I think like that record is so cool and the song is great and the lyrics are fantastic. But yeah, the, the title "Killed by Killers Who Kill Each Other," like that was such that that feels like something that would have been on their first record, like '99. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that feels like white belt shit to me. You know? <laughs> yeah. But it's it was inter- It's interesting that they did that because it's just it shows again that they they have a little dark sense of humor in their music, which they have, they've always had. So I mean, yeah, what "Killed by Killers Who Kill Each Other"? Like, okay, whatever, and then. But the songs, the song's fantastic. Yeah, it really is. Full stop. And, and I remember that there was this like big. Do you remember this like big campaign around this re- like release? Like, I do. Yeah, I mean, on Deathwish, there was like a video trailer that was. I oh, the re-release, seeing. the re-release, because they had a. They yeah, had a, the the Deathwish one. Yeah, because they did have a big push, and like like I remember opening magazines and seeing Planes of Sacred Stars, Mercy, like the new album produced by Matt Bayless mm-hmm. or whatever. Because I they I mean that's why they I think they went to Abacus was because Abacus was like, if I signed to a record label, it's like, which I might do maybe someday. Like I would be like, well, what are you going to do to promote the band? Other than when a band is, other when labels are just like, you need to go tour. And it's like okay, well that that's what I'm doing to promote the band to sell the record. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. You know. And I think they had a video budget. They put out a video for Never Felt Prettier. Yep. Um. Now they had a. And it it wasn't low budget maybe it was it didn't look that low budget it was a simple video but it, it didn't look bad um no. i said they had magazine ads they probably had some tour support some placements on some bigger tours but you know not that they needed it they're friends with everybody at that point but yeah so i do remember there was there was a big push in, and i think people saw people didn't like seeing planes in the back of a magazine in the back of a shiny rock magazine and so i think people yeah. people rejected their record unfairly and and then cut to five six seven eight years later death wish you know when they had gone away and people had started to realize that this record is actually very good and very special mm-hmm. and i think death wish picked it up um very wisely and reissued it i mean it's it's, it's yes yeah, i bought i bought that's the copy that i have um and and the other thing that they did i don't know if you saw this that death wish did is they put out like a before when they were announcing their their re-release mm-hmm. they just put out this video um I've, i where remember you, they did that i don't remember the content of the video it's um i just watched it earlier this morning it's um uh, ryan from coliseum nate from converge and jeremy from touche more yeah, see. all like all like giving s- kind of short snippets about like how imp- like just how much they love planes. You know what I mean? And this record in particular. Yeah, yeah your favorite band's favorite band. You know, planes seem to be the darkly melodic counterpart to the very underground heavy bands of the late '90s and early 2000s. Along with dirging riffs, they mind raw emotion and melody, ending up in my mind as the middle ground between Afghan wigs and his heroes gone. Like those bands, they started in a similar part of the country to me, where you had to build your own scene and chart your own course without the support of the big city infrastructure. 
They were a very rare breed of band. They could combine melody and chaos without it being obvious. They were sort of like our generation's Husker Du. They're the band that everyone wanted to take on tour. You'd see them out with anyone from American Nightmare to Cursive to Mastodon. They released undeniable records with limited response. To call them underrated would not do that term justice. With this re-release, Deathwish will give notice to one of the creepiest records ever captured. But yeah, again, it's like those guys and Touche Amore, um, which I don't, I don't know anything about Touche Amore, but um, I know they're popular, mm-hmm. very popular. Um, and yeah, I know the Mastodon guys were always pushing planes to yeah that's right there was um, there's some kind of connection there i think they right? just toured together and they just liked the band you know and then who was the was other... it even was it mass sounders when it was it when they were in today's the day maybe probably even. probably both uh, and then yeah, nate, yeah, both, nate from converge of course yeah that dude that dude has tremendous taste mm-hmm. um it's a great musician too so yeah i'm sure it was just a phone call away just to be like hey can you take five minutes out of your day to promo for planes. And I'm sure every single person dropped what they were doing and did it immediately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. This album too, like, uh, I think this is like, this is a pretty creepy album. Like, yeah. Totally. <laughs> just the way it sounds and, and, and what Jared's doing vocally. And I guess I'm thinking of the cover of the album too, which seems, I don't know when I, I remember seeing the cover of the album being like, that doesn't look like what I think a planes album looks like. But correct. Yeah. Correct. I don't know. Things, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, like. <laughs> not to not to spoil things for the readers, but uh, just wait till you get to the next album sleeve. <clears throat> oh yeah. But I I do think that yeah, Mercy. I I didn't you, at this point all of their records are really different looking. They didn't really have up in them guts had that you know illustrative no idea kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Looks like a movie scene, something out of a movie scene or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah it had that. And it had the cool sleeve where you pulled it out and it you know it revealed the full thing um pretty 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 special stuff but i mean that's it's just a cool creepy painting with like these scrawled yeah. handwriting on it. i thought it was that was great i loved it it's terrifying yeah yeah this is a this is an incredible album this one this one of all the of all the planes records i think this one had to kind of grow in me a little bit i think it's just because i for whatever reason yeah kind of took took a step away from planes but i didn't step away from them because i was hearing all this like bullshit that you were just talking about i yeah. think it's just some something else in my life i don't know what yeah i mean people um, move people people move away all the time from stuff it happens all the time there's no <clears throat> point is when i came, when i came back it was just just as powerful and amazing as yeah I, uh, yeah the only shame I is when you don't remember come back, but yeah 100 percent. so mercy i mean if you've made it this far in the podcast i don't know what brave <laughs> listeners you have that listen to me i don't have a ton of them but the ones i i do i think they they like the longer formats oh really weirdos. Okay. so if you've, you've listened to me bloviate on planes then consider this my uh shoving you up against a brick wall telling you that mercy <laughs> is the greatest album ever recorded it's it's a top five it would easily be a top five record for me 100 percent. wow Oh shit, that's awesome! Yeah, I don't Hell know. Yeah. We we'll joke around sometimes in the band, and like uh, played a hardcore band, Prison Suicide, and uh, we'll joke around with top five stuff. And yeah, there's a few things that just always get me 
and it's like because you know i usually pretty rocking on three of them it's like i can always put a zayo record in there i always put a starflyer record in there yeezus by kanye west and like planes so it's like this easy right right there you know what i mean so yeah it's the top yeah. five record 100 percent. hell yeah i definitely definitely fucking love this one so let's uh let's listen to killed by killers who kill each other for mercy We are on to the the finale here. This is uh, "She Who Steps" from Prey. Yeah. This is uh, came out 2016, so you got a hell of a lot 
of time in between <laughs> Mercy and, mm-hmm. and this album. But you got that re-release yep. by Death Wish. It comes just a year before. So one of the things Death Wish was announcing, aside from the re-release, <clears throat> was that they were going to be working with the band on their on their next album. Yeah, kind of prime the pumps. Yep. How do you how do you fall on this one? I think this one was like pretty well received. I think it was well. Yeah, I think it was well received because at this point, Planes, uh, everyone that remembered Planes was like had a fond memory of their youth because like most people at this point in their lives have like jobs and mortgages and uh, you know oh, kids man, yeah. and whatever else and now they're like what planes for second for service i love that i love knife in the marathon you know <laughs> and so they have a new album like great um so yeah i think it, it was it was pretty warmly received uh just in regards to people being happy that planes is putting out another record i then i heard a lot of people go like how'd you like it and they were like eh, it's fine i i like i like it I, but i'm a planes guy so it yeah, it doesn't take. If it says "Planes Mistaken for Stars" in the sleeve, I, I like it, you know, with the exception of maybe the first record, which I just don't go back to often. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, if if it says "Planes" on the sleeve, like I'm there, dog. And I don't know if you know this, but on the spine of the of the record, it just says "Planes." It's another like oh, it just says "Planes Pray." So just oh, it, that rolls. It, yeah, it felt cool. It just felt like yeah, I mean, you just it's planes, dude. You you don't have to say the whole name. You just know. Mm-hmm. Institution, did, for did sure. Did you like the record? I really like this record. I thought it was awesome. Um, but, uh, I mean, like, th- they're not quite as savage as they once were, sure. A little older. Um, but I don't, I don't need them to be, like, at this point. Yeah. Um, it's it's great to hear them, like, pull off, like, these very dark, like, rock and roll songs. Um, totally. And, and, and they're really upping some of, like, that kind of, like... Uh, rock swaggering i think jared almost like on this track his vocals remind me of phil from thin lizzy like yeah a little bit yeah for sure because uh, i i just kept going back and listening to the song over and over i'm like what did what is at this point in the verse who does he sound like because he sounds like someone to me that i know in an unmistakable voice and i was like oh it kind of sounds like uh phil from thin lizzy like he really does i'm sure but with like been... this very weathered delivery of course yeah i'm sure it would have been a huge compliment to him i'm sure he loved thin lizzy I mean, who doesn't love Thin Lizzy, right? Uh, I mean, shit, I don't know any. I, don't, I know a lot of people don't really care about them, but I, I, I don't know a lot of people who yeah. will be like, turn that shit off. You know? Right, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I mean, as far as the reunion record, which is what this is or whatever, I think they came back, like, came back strong. I mean, there's there's some hooks on this record, like that first track. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. did the thing that they do on a couple records with the big, like, distorted drum intro. You know, it's just, I was like, okay, I'm, I just remember hearing it and going like, okay, I'm, I'm with this album. I yeah. like it, you know? Yeah. They're letting you know right off the, right off the top. Yeah. For sure. I'm just like, I don't care. It's playing specific for stars. They, they do no wrong in my book. And, uh, I would be curious to see what state the unfinished material, if it even exists, it's all just kind of hearsay and rumor. Yeah. Yeah. I know that he put out that Blunt Razors record with another dude from Planes. Death Wish put it out, um, which was kind of the more stripped back stuff that he said wasn't Planes material. And did you hear that record? I didn't, no. You know, I'm not like too up on like the sort of universe of like Planes, Mistaken for Stars bands, like from other members and yeah, stuff get like that. I know. And... I've heard Get Some, and I know that like um, I think the you know woven hand yeah, like there's another sh- share some members and stuff being from colorado but yeah. aside from that no like what what would you what would you recommend uh, just listen to planes of sacred stars 
Okay, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying Woven Hand is amazing. I love I mean, Woven Hand. I love. I love him too. Yeah. So well, much. I'm a David yeah. Eugene Edwards guy. So like oh, 16 horsepower. Amazing. Yeah. One of my bands was called Coal Black Horse back in the day, and like because oh. we named after a 16 horsepower song. We were a metal band, but yeah, we named yeah. ourselves after a 16 horsepower song. Yeah, fucking love David Eugene Edwards, man. Like, amazing. One of my favorite live shows ever. Seeing Woven Hand play. Oof. Yeah, too I, good. I didn't. Um, they did a tour with Ohm, who's one of my favorite bands, and they played in town on a Thursday, and I guess it would have been March of 2020. It was right oh. when it was right when uh, COVID was like starting to happen, and they played. Yeah. I'm not dog. I'm not capping with you, bro. Like. They played, I could stand out of the back of my store and, you know, like throw a football and hit the venue, like from the street, you know, yeah. and that's where they were. But the plan was, I was like, I'm going to like go home, do my thing. I'm not going to see Ohm and Woven Hands, even though they're playing literally that close. But I was going to go with a buddy to Chicago and see them the next day. And... That was the last day because that that Friday, because ah. it was a Thursday, and I was like, I'm just gonna go to Chicago. Like, we'll turn up in Chicago. We'll see plane or uh, planes. We'll see in Woven Hand, and we'll see. And I was still because I'm like, I'll see because it's the planes, dudes. Like, there are two, two guys from planes are in Woven Hand. Two of them. Yeah. So I was like, this will be fire. Like, we'll we'll go to Chicago. Like, we'll turn up. It's always a good time. Get to see two of my favorite bands at one of my favorite venues. I don't particularly love the local venue, uh, but I was like, we'll go to Chicago. It'll be cool. And the next day was like the the first shutdown, which I don't, my memory, again, my memory is so bad, but I mean, I remember that specifically, but I remember just that dark, ominous feeling. It feels like so long ago. It was like, what, two years I ago? Which is crazy. Yeah, two, it's two years. That's, That's crazy almost, to think yeah. about. It's crazy. COVID yeah. screwed up everybody's perception of time because you just like had this weird lost year. Um, that might've been the last time those bands play the show too you know what i mean like, yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean that was a tremendous uh snafu on my end i should have just went to the show on a thursday night but you know what's the saying man proposes god disposes <laughs> so i haven't heard that one but i like it yeah i used to i saw that on a um on like a world war ii bomber someone had painted that on the side of a of a bomber with like uh like little painted bombs of like how many like villages they've destroyed or whatever, or cities yeah. they've bombed. Like a yeah, man proposes, God disposes. Like yeah. <laughs> that's that's appropriate for the side of a bomber. Yeah, I'd say so. But yeah, I was I had all my plans for a Friday night in Chicago, seeing my seeing two of my favorite bands, and COVID got me. That was the first COVID Fuck. casualty. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking it's un, it's unreal. Those two years ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, did you see? Did you see planes on this tour though? Yes, yes. Like, I yeah. went to see. I saw them in Lansing. Yep, uh, at uh, Max Bar. Awesome, amazing venue. No longer there, sadly. It's my favorite venue in Michigan, but they closed. I hadn't. I have like a long history with that band, Law Dispute. They're from town. Yeah, like, yeah. We like th- those dudes were in their first bands with me. Oh, cool. And like those, uh, known those dudes forever, and kind of. Uh, I, all I did was like open the door for law dispute you know what i mean like i i take zero 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 credit for anything that that band does like we were just in the same place same time and i remember like they were you know 
like it was my kid's sister's age, you know, and we were we would hang out and we would go to shows and stuff. I mean, like Jordan was at with Eric Baker was at that Planes and Against Me show. I remember like talking about it at school the next day and seeing him in the halls and you know, he was younger than me. But uh so I'm still friends with Jordan and a couple of the guys like Kevin, a lot of dispute. And I hadn't talked, you know, Jordan and I will go, unfortunately, long time without talking to each other sometimes. He's a busy guy. I'm a busy guy too. He's just busy with actual success in the music industry. I'm busy with not, not success. <laughs> um, but I called him and I was like, you know, Plains is playing in Lansing. And he was like, uh, when are you going to pick me up? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't like you didn't miss it. Like you didn't miss a beat. Yeah. yeah it was just like, when I was like, what time are you picking me up? I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah, they're playing Lansing on, they're playing Lansing on Saturday or something. He's like, what time are you picking me up? I was like, oh, uh, I guess five. He's like, great. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's cause we, and we went, you know, cause that's a really important band to him too. So it's like, you know, a lot, like a lot of dispute for him. I, I can, I would be comfortable putting those words in his mouth. For sure, they're yeah. as important yeah. to him as they are to me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were they were. Um, I, I try to remember like what they were playing like on this tour. I mean, they were playing a lot, and they're playing a decent amount of this record, I think. Yeah, and they, played, they seemed to be really really stoked to be playing this new stuff. They were, yeah. I, I remember, I remember that, but I also remember they played they played, they dusted off a couple of the old hits. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nothing like terribly old. I remember. I'm being like, they're gonna play something off "Fuck with Fire," and it's like, no. They played some Mercy, some Up in Them Guts, I think. Yeah, I remember being stoked to hear some Mercy songs, too, because I remember seeing them on the Mercy tour, and they were, like, really kind of pushing that material, and I thought it was great. But, yeah, so the Prey tour was cool. It wasn't very long. They had done a couple, I think they had done a couple dates as late as 2019. Yeah, on this tour, they were, I remember they they were headlining, and, the openers were Retox. Do you know that band? Yeah, yeah, Justin Pearson band. It's, yeah, and and then somewhat some other band. I don't remember who. Weird exactly, fit. but they were like weird grindy kind of band, you know. Yeah, I want to say when I saw them, they were just doing like it was fly date stuff. Like they were doing like hmm. Chicago, Lansing, yeah, maybe like Fort Wayne or something. I don't know. I yeah. really don't know. But it was just like a three. The, it's like they did well in the Midwest or something, right? Yeah, or I think I guess maybe those dudes they had they're not career musicians anymore, so it's like, what can we do for shows? It's like we can do three days here, we can do three days here, we can do two days yeah. here. Sure, of course. So that's that's when I saw them was that. So it had to have been around 2016, yeah. Well, this, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought this was. Like, I, I, I still listen to this record. I think it's fucking great. It's it's um, it's and, really good. Yeah. It it did not like I said, I've I'm drinking the Kool Aid on plane, so I loved it. But when I yeah. actually do listen to it, like critically, uh, I, there's more. There's more to love than you even on the surface. It's it's a very mm-hmm. good record. What about the Almart? It stinks. You... <laughs> it's like it's it very strange. Stinks. It's not all. I'm not. I'm fine with like not you know getting something I don't expect from this band. Yeah, I just. But what was going on? I don't know. I don't know. There was like this uh, cartoon animals and stuff. Yeah, and it was like cutesy, outdoorsy, and a little bit. There was this um, shop that was next to the record shop for a while. It was like this um, very again. <clears throat> don't don't cancel me for saying this because I was like, oh, I was just talking about how much I loved Burzum earlier. Uh, don't cancel me for this. Uh, but like, there was a. This is just. I'm telling you what it was. I'm telling you how like it is. Bernie Max it. I tell it like it is. 
there was like a lesbian centric outdoorsy boutique that was next to the record shop for a while like subaru core like where they sold like really expensive hiking gear but the clientele was mostly like outdoorsy lesbians mm-hmm. you you know that subgenre of person i'm talking about right i do like Patagonia vest, driving Subarus, yep. Subaru lesbian thing, mm-hmm. which is like, hey, got you. Shout out you, sister. Like I love you the same, you know, just just as yeah. much as anybody else. Of course. Um, but uh, you know, the playoffs started. Everyone's just like texting me, but I'm I don't care. I'm talking. I'm taking time from away from the NFL playoffs to talk about planes. Um, but the, <laughs> the all the artwork in that lesbian outdoorsy store, it looked just like the planes artwork. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like everything was like cartoon. It's like a cartoon panther, but it's like, yeah. but it has like. I could t- transpose it for sure. Oh, dude, it was crazy. And like the dude at the shop, the dude that owns the shop was like, this looks like I came from next door. He's like, this is Planes Mistaking for Stars album art? And I was like, he's like, does this belong next door? And I was just like, oh, no, it does. So I don't know what they were thinking, but who cares? It's, it's, a, it's a ripping record. I don't know. They had that. They had that death wish money. I guess that's what they wanted to do with that's it. That's what they spent money on. I hope. I mean, I hope they. Didn't. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't actually know. I mean, it's kind of like got some. This record is. I, I hear like Americana kind of shit in the couple yeah, places. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You yeah. know, um, kind of the hawks and doves. That... Like, because I kept up with mm-hmm. Jared's solo stuff too, which was you know just a full length and a bunch of sevens and stuff. But he always had that influence, and he just kind of brought it into planes. I think. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if that has to do with Almart, but this this is a this is like as for a band that's gone away for eleven years comes back. Like I, I don't know what the fuck people are expecting. This is a great record. Yeah, yeah. They weren't trying to relive, and I, in a way, I respect that they weren't trying to relive, like fuck with fire or something like that. They weren't trying to go back and like let's let's give them knife in the marathon part two. I think nah. they were just being themselves. They're performing. With, they're performing with shirts on these days, you know. It's yeah, I don't that. know. Jared always had the like real open chest thing. Like, oh yeah, yeah. She great chest. She show off that chest. Absolutely. All right. Um, so let's let's uh, listen to uh, "She Who Steps Off." Um, this is from "Prey," uh, perhaps the final uh, Planes album, and then we'll come back here and we'll kind of close things out with Damien and uh, go out on uh, a pregnant light track.
All right, Damien, uh, that is going to do it for us. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for going down this rabbit hole with me, man. Like, uh, I've had a blast. Um, and I definitely appreciate your insights and your passion for this uh, fucking great underrated band. Yeah, way, way longer than I thought. So I apologize for the time. But um, hopefully your listeners dig it. And I'll be sure to share it with my white people. Thank you for having me. Thank you for asking me. Of course. Is there, is there anything else you kind of want to put out there on, on, on the band? Or? Just, you know, just check out colloquialsoundrecordings.com. I'm sort of trying to transition to the website for um, that sort of stuff. You know, uh, we're on Bandcamp and, but, mm-hmm. you know, streaming services, but, you know, buy merch, buy, buy physical stuff if you can to support. Um, just that's on the website. Just again, colloquialsoundrecordings.com. A Pregnant Light is working on our third full length. And I say we because normally it's just me. But for the last two full lengths, I brought in my buddy Tim and Jake to play drums and bass respectively. Just to make the albums feel like there's something different, you know, rather than just bigger versions of what I normally do. And uh, so we're working on So that. is this, did this, where did that start? Did that start with Broken Play or? With, my game uh, doesn't have a name. I had my game Tim and Jake play. Yeah. Uh, I just awesome. did guitar and vocals. And then Broken Play, I just did guitar and vocals and Tim and Jake played. And just getting the getting the boys back um, for LP three, which is crazy. I have so much time in between my full lengths, but I promised everyone I wasn't going to wait that long. And so, <laughs> what about um, Beast About and Germanicus? Are those with them, with those two? No, those are two? just singles. It's just a standalone okay. single. Uh, I'll probably put out more stuff before the third album, but um, maybe we can get together and talk about the third record when that comes out. But. Um, would love to. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, and I'll 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 link, I'll link everything out. Yeah, for thanks, sure in man. The description. I appreciate that. So. And, and and I encourage everyone to go out there and pick up any of the CSR stuff. Yeah, like just listen to like it. Ph- physical stuff. Yeah, I appreciate that. I just listen to it, and the third album will coming out. And I'm gonna say this now, uh, on public record, but I think we're gonna try to book some shows this year. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's been 11 years, man. The, pe- oh, the, peop- fuck yeah. the people want it. So, where are you again, dude? This you're in. S- I'm I'm out. Seattle. I'm in Seattle, but I mean, shit. Like, okay. there's there. You say that, and there's definitely like <laughs> some subcategory of pe- people out there who follow who follow all the APL stuff that are just so stoked. They, like, yeah, there's people who are like, oh, I'll fly. I would try. I will. Like, I totally will. Don't do um, that. Let us get a couple shows under our belt. <laughs> that should have nothing to do with the pressure. Yeah, with any kind of pressure. Y'all so, put on yourselves. Just I, yeah. So. We're looking into that, so we're probably going to try to play some shows. It's looking probably like East Coast this year, just because, like metrics. Yeah. It's weird. Like yeah. you have to look at like like the only good thing about Spotify or an Apple Music and stuff like that is at least they give you metrics as to who's listening to your stuff, where, and where they are, yeah. where they are. So it's like, man, I was like, why can't like why can't more people in LA listen to my stuff? Where it's like, there's like palm trees and they're too chill. Good like good good Mexican <laughs> food, you know. So why everybody in New York got to listen to APL? Like I don't want to like I don't want to eat a dollar slice in the piss cold rain. Like I don't want to do that. Fuck that hot dog. No. I'm trying to go to L.A. Dog. Turn yeah, you got to stop being a hot dog band and become a, a taqueria band. I guess. I don't know. I don't know how much control you have over. I'm that, gonna write but. that down. That's one of the best things someone's ever told me. <laughs> stop being a hot. Stop being a hot dog. I'm gonna say that for the rest of my life. <laughs> stop being a hot dog band. We could be a well, bagel like, band. Uh, these. I'll be I like I'll be a bagel oh, band. Hell yeah. But I don't want to be a hot dog. That's band. that's making a resurgence. Um well they, you know, the last two tracks, Beast About and Germanicus, I mean, I don't think it's new for you, but like there's there's definitely like uh I I don't know, I hear like uh 
gothy kind of like you know new wave kind of thing happening and and a little and some aesthetics of those tracks and i don't think that's new but like la is like a very randomly really gothy city yeah i fucking love that i love that shit they do yeah so get them out there my buddy warner like who i mentioned earlier he uh he and i are working on a project um which is all we're all keeping it kind of under wraps but again hopefully it'll work out but maybe there will be some bigger names involved with that i think so uh too too soon to say but so maybe that'll get me out in la and get us yeah and la's la's can be a metal it's a metal as fuck city too it is think of the, the song dramaticus i lo- fucking love this track Thanks, like man. if i can gush for a minute Please. like because it has that it has that gothy quality that's so good that that you know those leads and stuff those clean leads mm-hmm. and then there's like the fucking middle of the song that insanely thrashy part yeah. it's just like fucking just kills you that's me dog just so that's just all like hands up like you know what i mean oh absolutely Fist. That, i don't know what the, i don't know what the fuck else you want like in the marriage of those two things alone yeah like <laughs> yeah i say go like to me it's yeah. like that's such a like a thrashy or punk yeah. thing it's like go right before the fast part you know it's like yep that, 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 yeah rules so thank you man germanicus is a I thought that everybody I beast about is the single, you know, and the Germanicus yeah, is like the yeah. B side, you know, digitally, of course. Um, but I put all the effort into beast about like, I was like, that's going to be the one I want people to hear beast about. I think beast about oh, the track. I love beast. Yeah. About. I love it. Um, yeah. And so I released it and nine, 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 nine percent of people were like, yo, Germanicus is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, man, it just goes to show you like, never know you're yeah. as an artist you never know what people are going to connect with you know like how soon is now is a b-side you know <laughs> yeah nobody yeah. It, it was a song that they were like just shove that on the b-side and nobody that, and that's to that is the one you hear and everything it's now yeah. so you go to every we hear the smiths and it's like yeah the song so mm-hmm. yeah that's my uh you know, germanic has taught me that like maybe maybe i should just <laughs> not i you know i practice inverse thinking a lot in creative pursuits so if something is very clearly the intro, like this is obviously the intro of the song, I'll make it the outro. Or if something like needs to go, like there needs to be like, it need, the song needs to go up, and I'll be like, okay, well then take it down. And then where does that lead you on a creative path, you know? Mm. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing that keeps me focused in writing is, is inverse thinking, which is really helpful. Gets you out of like a more habitual kind of like instinct. Yeah, it gets you out of a rut thing. and stuff yeah. like that. And so I, I did yeah. have a moment with my inverse thinking where I was like, Oh, make Germanicus the single and beast about just the B side. But I was like, no <laughs> beast about is clearly the better song. And, uh, no, everyone's like, no, Germanicus is the one. No, no shame to beast about, but, uh, that's just, it's very funny to me how that works out, but I'm happy. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's again, that's just the only you're going to have that, like, uh, <laughs> that, that relationship with the, with the tracks, you know, like, on that level, everyone else, it's, it's just out of, your, it's out of your control. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. It, it's, this has been a pleasure. Like, thanks for doing this, man. Like, I, I'm glad we can make this happen. And, uh, I, I hope it, this does a little bit to keep planes like in the ether for a little bit longer. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, closing off as always, like, please subscribe, rate and review the Sonic Cloth, um, helps out with getting the word out and we'll be back sooner for another rabbit hole. The track that we're going to go out on here. Um, is Do As Daddy Says. This is from uh, the APL release. I licked it. Now it's mine, which I will also link below. Is there anything you want to say about this track or just, um, just go out? Yeah, it, it rules. And it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> so uh, It does. This is 
came out. This is pretty recent, right? Like, uh, was this last year? I don't know. I've put out so much stuff since then. I think. Yeah. I think it was 2021, but I recorded it in 2020. So I don't know. I recorded it in like summer of 2020, and I think I put out winter 2021. I have no idea. You would describe this as sort of like just a a signature APL track. Right? I think so. Yeah. It's it's kind of it's lyrically kind of clever. You know, it has my favorite like probably if I, my favorite lyric in APL. There's a lot to choose from, but you know the the bad girls, bad girls. What you gonna do? What you gonna do yeah. when I come for you? Yeah, like bad the cops thing. And then you know, good <laughs> girls, good girls. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when I pray for you? So the cops theme, obviously, the, there's double entendre there. Bad girls, good girls, coming for them, praying for them. Maybe this is a uh, full, full, full circle from some of the subject material in the plain stuff. I think so. Talking. Yeah, that's kind of why I picked that song too. It's kind of quintessentially. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think the plains guys would dig it. So that's my hope. But thank you for having me. Thanks. Thank you for playing the tracks. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Of course. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. Everything I love hurts you.
Will this be?